Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 94, and we're recording this on Saturday, October 22nd, 2016. I'm your host, Steven, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And with me today is my co-host, Joe. Hello, Steven! Hello, Joe! How's it going? Fine, and how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, this is... One of the better weekends in a while. <laughs> well, all right, let's just delay the podcast for a couple hours. I got a lot to say. Um, yeah. Genuinely, it's it's getting a little bit better. There's a little bit of light <laughs> at the tunnel. Uh, it could be just in the sides, and I think water's going to pour in soon, maybe. But maybe it's at the end of the tunnel. I don't know. But uh, it's going okay, and uh, I'm going to enjoy this weekend. I, I have a very peaceful weekend planned, and I think that'll help my uh, sanity. Because at work, Good. I feel like I'm the Willy Wonka boat ride, but... Uh, at home, I try to have a different demeanor. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a really I hate cool when that centipede crawls by. That's the worst. Centipede? <laughs> is there a centipede? Hey, who's I think that? So. Is oh, that? I'm out. Yeah, who's that? Oh, that's yep. Negative World's most loquacious lurker slash moderator. <laughs> I am a lurker. That's, that's a shame for me. You, you are, you know, in Pokemon. There's all these, you know. Every, there's all these different uh, combinations of things, right? If you were a Pokemon, though, you'd be that rare lurker moderator that, like, doesn't make any sense, but it totally works. Because <laughs> you're a mod, you know, one of the, the few on the site, but yet you're kind of a lurker. But then you come back with a punch every time. Well, yeah, you know, like, some moderators like to mix in with the normal the normal folks, the plebeians, if you will. And uh, I like to think that I'm sort of above, you know, it all. Except yeah. for, uh, I guess, uh, Steven is kind of on the same level since he's another moderator, but... Uh, I mean, we won't discuss that any further, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've become somewhat of a lurker, but I still like Nintendo, and I still like you guys, I'm just kind of lazy, and kind of not had much time recently, I mean, Steven's job has been nuts, so. <laughs> well, hey, uh, for being a lurker, you, uh, immediately picked up on my request for a guest for this episode, so thank you. You're yeah, dude, welcome. you, you, you happen to make the request on my monthly visit to Negative <laughs> <laughs> Smack in the middle. I need to just put down on my calendar every, uh, you know, each month when you plan to visit, just kind of figure out the math, and yeah. <laughs> and then that way I can figure that out, see when you can join us. But welcome, welcome. Uh, we are recording this today uh, primarily to talk about the Nintendo Switch, which Click. is not like an action that you are sick of your Xbox, so you switch over to play some Nintendo. Uh, this is a new console, uh, formerly known as the NX, and we'll get to that. Um, maybe in a bad bit of planning, but I still think we should do a little bit of quick now playing and kind of, you know, just like, uh, like Nintendo's going to make us wait a couple more months to actually hear any more news on this thing. We're going to make our listeners wait just a few more minutes before we talk about it. So, uh, let's jump right in though to now playing and, uh, Anand, you've got a couple of games here, uh. Yeah, I'll talk about I'll talk about Mario Golf World Tour. I I think you guys have both played this, right? I know uh, Steven has at least, right? Yes, I have. Joe, Joe, have you played this game? You haven't played this game? Nope. Uh, Yeah, so I just sort of dug it out randomly recently. It's it's part of my you know ever growing, ever expanding backlog. (laughs) But uh, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good portable game. You know, you can just pick it up and bash out a few holes or whatever. I mean, it's not if you play the actual game of golf. (laughs) But but I dug more into it, and there's these challenges. Did you ever do the challenges, Stephen? Uh, if I remember correctly, I did a couple of them. But Yeah. So, like, every course has ten uh, challenges where you have to get a coin by completing the challenge. And they're pretty much similar across all the courses. Uh, it's like one is for you have to get a coin and then get par. Another is you have yeah. to get things and then get par. Yeah, or you have to beat somebody. 
or you have to play like uh, with that uh, the roulette kind of club thing where you only have three clubs and it's it's determined by a roulette, you know. And uh, it, it's it's pretty fun actually. It's really good for like uh, just pick up and play action, and you can just kind of knock out a little bit every time. And I've just been kind of like addicted to it recently. And uh, you know that that game. I feel like it got kind of overlooked or underrated or whatever, but it's it's pretty huge. Like it, it has a ton of content. I remember before it was released, uh, they announced the DLC, and everybody was kind of like up in arms that they're gonna you know make a small game and then make you buy more of it or whatever. But uh, this is one of those really good Nintendo examples of how to do DLC, I think, because the base game is just like just packed full of content, you know. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even dipped into the DLC yet, but. It seems like just like the most colossal golf game of all time, <laughs> kind of. It did feel like it was a, a very complete package and and a monumental package of that. I didn't feel shortchanged. Yeah. My th- quick thought on the those challenges, I I found them pretty tricky. I think I gave up on on them pretty quick because I just was not very good at getting the coin and getting the par and everything. I thought I thought they were harder than I would have expected. They are actually hard, but I feel like uh, I feel like it also teaches you. It teaches you about each course. In, in depth, and it also uh, teaches you about the items and stuff because this game has items and stuff now. So some of the some of the things you have to take a certain strategy on a couple of them. You have to take a certain kind of swing, like if it's a draw or a fade, or you have to be, learn how to use the items. You know, yeah. and they are they are pretty tricky, but I feel like most of them are surmountable. Although I'm stuck on one now on the underwater course, I think Cheap Cheap Lagoon or something, which seems absolutely impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll just look up a fact or something. But the uh, they are challenging, but but I feel like it's 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 like a good challenge if you really sort of dig into it and and, and try to overcome it. You know? I admit I, I may have cut it short, you know, before giving <laughs> it the full the full gambit. So did you did you play much of the a- actual game? Like like which mode did you play? Primarily? Oh yeah, just just the standard, you know, uh, working through the courses and everything. Yeah, um, and like it has the online tournaments and stuff, which are also pretty well done. Uh, I haven't done too many of those recently because. It requires a bigger time commitment, but this is like my whole thing now is like low time commitment gaming, you know? Yeah. Uh, so actually the, the Switch is, well, we'll uh, talk about that later, I guess, but it's, it's right on my alley because I've been mostly playing 3DS and stuff like that. Like I'll sit in front of my TV and it'll be off and I'll be playing 3DS, which seems irrational, but <laughs> well, yeah. How is. Yeah? that's not unfamiliar, I think, from what I've heard from folks. Uh, for myself, I, I play 3DS probably more because uh, of commutes and things like that, where I have the time to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dedicating time. I mean, my my evenings are usually making dinner and then usually watching a little bit of TV while we eat, that kind of thing, and then uh, getting you know chores or just other things done. So to sit down in front of the TV is pretty tricky. But uh, yeah, the 3DS and potentially the Switch will make that even easier. Yeah, like whereas I have like absolutely zero responsibilities, <laughs> <laughs> but still, like I just I just don't want to turn on that TV. It's like I don't want to just like find a disc and then load the disc and then install whatever freaking updates there are and clean out my hard drive or whatever. And you're I'd one rather of, just, yeah, you're one of two Chicago uh, citizens who have zero responsibilities. <laughs> the other one is <laughs> zero, zero from the website. Yeah, it's true. That is true. And, uh, so like, I, I think it's a pretty good game. I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's worth checking out or picking up. I have a couple quibbles with it. Like, uh, one is the gyro to me is not that, uh, intuitive or enjoyable. You can kind of tilt it up and down to look up and down. But, you know, in the old Mario Kart games, you used to be able to have a camera follow the exact trail of the ball. Yep. That was a big problem for me in this one. 
yeah, so that's that's the biggest problem that I have with it is that it kind of goes more along the ground level, and especially when you're trying to get like a coin that's like up in the air or something, it's almost impossible without some kind of like you know triangulation or some kind of tricky stuff to actually see where the where the path of the ball is going to go. But mm. as, aside from that, I think it's pretty solid. There's some pretty crazy courses. Like I'm not really sure how the underwater course works yet. Like, <laughs> but uh, like. I'm I'm not sure if you're actually slowed down like in the rain or something, but it seems like you're not kind of. But the ball's a little floatier. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but the game is pretty nuts. But I I feel like it's a it's it's a pretty pretty solid pickup. And uh, you know, like the RPG mode that everyone misses from Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance or whatever. Yeah. I don't think it's really necessary. I I, I think this thing has what it needs to have. Like I don't need to like do some dumb training mission over and over again to power up my character or open every single closet and look in every single flower pot to find, <laughs> you know, like coins or something. You're I, not going to find opening yeah. closets on the back of the box as a feature, you know? <laughs> and I think that's good. Yeah, like, do, did you ever play those RPGs? I, I played them, but do you know why people miss them so much? I played uh, Mario Golf for the, you know, whatever it was, the Game Boy Advance or whatever was the, um, the one you're talking about. And uh, I did it after, I think, even World Tour. So I was late to it, but it was on the Virtual Console. Yeah, and it was fun uh, as a Mario Golf game, but yeah, that RPG aspect—I didn't see what the big deal was all these years, to be honest. Yeah, it's just a little more involved, I guess, but not in any kind of a really, really super fun way. Well, and I think, isn't it that you make your own character and build them up as opposed to like building up Mario or, or Bowser or something like that? Right, but you can actually do that in this game also. Uh, you can you can make your me character and you can build it up the same way. You're just not like talking to people and asking people where the directions to the court are or the course. <laughs> yeah. For me, for me, I just would rather play as the Nintendo characters. I don't want to be myself in the Mushroom Kingdom. I want to play as the Mushroom Kingdom characters. So I never found a, a connection with that in this game. Well, yeah, then I guess you wouldn't really care about the RPG mode. But even for the Mario Tennis uh, game, like on, uh, have you guys played that? Mario Tennis, whatever, open on, not something open. I don't know. What on the called, Wii, was it on the Wii U? The, the Wii U one is the uh, Smash, something Ultra Smash. But no, I'm talking about the 3DS one. No, I did not. Yeah. So that has kind of a similar thing, except that game is really bare bones. And uh, that one, I, I feel like Camelot's tennis formula is kind of like, I feel like the golf formula is still okay. It still has a little bit of life left in there. But I think that tennis formula has to go because it has nothing to do with the real sport of tennis. You know, like just how you just stand in one place and the longer you stand there and like, build up your power meter over 9,000 or whatever, it's like you can smash the ball harder. It's like tennis is really about footwork and timing. And I heard if you throw your 3DS to the ground, you can hit it harder too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it really is kind of like Dragon Ball-esque or something. And it's, it's like, you know, it, it, it was, it was kind of fun the first couple times because it's like flashy and there's lots of things popping. But I, th- I think Mario Tennis is in need of like a rehaul from these mechanics. Yeah. I, Maybe someday they'll make a Mario Tennis that is appealing to me again, but I've I haven't been on that bandwagon for a long time. I was really into it when it first came out. Yeah, and N sixty four. Yeah, but I don't think they've really ever done better. Yeah, plus uh well, I like the GameCube game actually. As long as you turn off the uh, the power moves or whatever, I feel like it's kind of a faster, sort of more vicious game of uh, the N sixty four. But also the uh the star the star circles and star shots or whatever in the new tennis games are I feel like everything's just taking away from the see the the be, the best thing about Nintendo sports games or any kind of arcade sports games I feel like it should preserve the sport while giving it sort of like a little boost 
But I feel like in Mario Tennis, they pretty much abandon every kind of aspect of actual tennis. And it's just like a weird, like, step on this circle and stand there for a while and power up and then press this button and then the other guy has to press this button. And I don't know. That's just what I think. But maybe they'll make it fresh again. Are, are you guys excited for that Mario Sports compilation thing? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I just need more exposure to it. I, it. The the volume of games in it, the variety of games, does intrigue me. Uh, Horse racing or whatever. What is it? The equestrian or jumping? Or yeah. Something? Well, hey, I, I love uh, pocket card jockey, so you know, I guess it's not against the grain for me to like a horse racing uh, situation, but uh, I just don't know much about it. Joe. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you know, it's, I feel no, like... The, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just... I don't know. The Mario sports games just don't really appeal to me. Oh, you never liked any of them? Do you like normal sports games? Not really. Do you like normal no. sports? <laughs> Some of them. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, if I... I would probably rather play basketball or tennis... Than, than one of these. Oh, um, so you've got some friends to play with. Oh, just <laughs> rub it in, Joe. Uh, but, like, really the only sports game I really enjoy is Tecmo Super Bowl. And there's just something about that game that is so, like, it's it, they managed to make the complexity of a football game so darn simple. But, like, you still, you know, like, I still don't feel like I'm really missing out on on anything in that. So... Yeah, like the the wackiness of of the Mario franchise, like I think it really works in Mario Kart, you know. Yeah. Where when you're playing that game, you've got to sort of go into it with the understanding of like, I'm not always gonna win if I have the most skill, and that's okay. That's like part of the fun. Um, but some of the other stuff that just that gets added to the sports games is just like, like I, I've played a lot of um. Mario Strikers, the one on GameCube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that right? game was a lot of. Yeah, people love that game. Yeah. yeah, but I was just like, it just didn't, it didn't do it for me. It was, it was <laughs> like the, it was like the the difficulty of scoring of real soccer, but the kind of skill of a Mario Kart game. Like there's still a lot of like you just have to get the right items. It's, it felt like you know. I feel like there's so many variables in that game that uh, it, it's almost kind of difficult to play because you have to understand so so many things to like. I don't know, but uh, real sports are so boring that I, I need some kind of mushrooms or something that at least playing simulated sports. And I, you know, I, I think everybody used to like sports games, but uh, they're really too complicated now. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, my the sports games yeah. that I've enjoyed were uh, like SSX that series. Yeah, which I feel like wasn't as complicated as as you'd think. It was really more about just the courses and enjoying them and navigating them. But like button presses and doing tricks, it wasn't too hard. I just kind of want some arcadey uh, action, sports action that isn't too too complicated input wise and is yeah. flashy and fun uh, in its execution. Right, but this is a topic that maybe only one person on the board will actually appreciate, <laughs> or, <laughs> or or maybe two or three. I think a few people would. And, and they actually like those games. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I was grooming my nephews into, into, like, video game nerds, you know? Mm-hmm. Since they were born, pretty much. And I haven't seen them for, I hadn't seen them for a couple months, and I went to their house, and they have just become, like, jockos. And all they watch is baseball. 
<laughs> and all they play is sports games, and they got a PS4, and the only game they play is MLB The Show. And, like, it was just horrifying, horrifying. And I was trying to play them, and, and the controls were, like, uh, the controls are ridiculous. There's, like, different buttons. Like, you have to use, like, all, like, 16 buttons or whatever. It's, like, it's just impossible. Anyway, we can talk about that some other time, I guess. Uh, the other game I've been playing is uh, Destiny, which, yeah. uh, have, have you guys tried this at all? I have not. Uh, what platforms is it? You're playing on the Xbox, right? But what... uh, I was. I rented from the library, <laughs> and I don't have Xbox Gold, <laughs> oh, but okay. I'm playing on the Xbox 360. Yeah, like uh, I don't have an Xbox One or PlayStation 4 yet. And uh, so, uh, this is like the. Did you guys ever like Halo, or did you guys ever have any honest for that series? I liked Halo, and yeah. I probably <laughs> will eventually. I have all of them now because of the Xbox One S, and it came with them. So I will oh, one day yeah. play through the gauntlet of them, but I have not started them, no. Well, then, uh, I, I think you'll enjoy them, actually. If, if you have any ability to like a shooter, I, I think you'll enjoy them. Oh, yeah. Them. Oh, Goldeneye, and, like, I know that's an old-school shooter, but Goldeneye 007, Time Splitters, I like a lot of the stuff that Nintendo has released. So I, and I, I like a little Call of Duty and stuff like that, too. Yeah, I mean, Call of Duty's alright, but I think Halo hues a little closer to the kind of, like, Time Splitters-y kind of uh, is it like the conduit <laughs> I, oh, I actually haven't played the conduit have, have you guys? oh it was oh. damn good man i liked it i loved the first one yeah the I second one was not was a poor just i never played it i'll have to rent that from the library yeah. next time then they always the have first one was amazing the first yeah. one was so good really? seriously yeah, i played I through the that. solo campaign five times five <laughs> times nine times that's yeah, what like... I was going for. <laughs> okay. Nine times. So what is but, the, the premise of this destiny exactly? Oh, like, premise-wise, it's like horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the for... horse racing scene. <laughs> yeah. I should get more into Pocket Card Jockey. I love the demo, but I haven't even played the game yet. Oh, actually. that's good. The demo's awesome. But yeah, like... Uh... Well, first of all, for shooters, like you were, you guys were talking about a conduit. I feel like the the Wiimote kind of setup was pretty amazing for shooters. Like it felt so good, you know, That'll aiming my, and stuff. Like that. That's gonna be my hardest hurdle to get into the Halo series. Here is I won't be able to do that. I love that the way that feels that whole setup. It really does feel nice, just like pinpointing targets without having any aim assist and actually, you know, and it's not that difficult. It's just really intuitive. I used to love it. Yeah. Yep. The only thing that I used to want before the Wii came out was some kind of like. You know how they have for the Vive now? They have those light boxes that you put them around your house. I used to want to put like light bars at the corners of your TV so it would exactly triangulate your aim or something like that instead mm. of somewhere which kind of approximates it. But it still worked pretty well. Uh, back to Destiny, I guess. So like, uh, so the whole nature of Halo is the sort of Bungie always talked about the core combat loop. So they're like, you have 10 fun seconds of gameplay and you have to have that 10 second fun loop of gameplay and then just spin it out onto a whole game. And pretty much the only thing they do well is that 10 seconds of gameplay. Hmm. I, I think. I like. I think the combat in their games is actually super fun. The AI is super fun to fight. The weapons are super satisfying. The whole thing is a, the sort of combination of shooting people, uh, clubbing them with your gun, or throwing grenades, right? Yeah. And there's different kinds of grenades and whatever. And it seems simple, but it's it's really nicely... It's all nicely balanced and integrated so that like you just pump some bullets into someone, then run into them, and hit them with your buddy or gun and they die or something but so that was always really fun in halo the actual i don't want to i don't want to discourage you from trying halo because i do like the games and they're fun in co-op i don't know 
if uh, who would who would who you could get to play with you for the extended thing, or who would want to, but, uh, but, like, <clears throat> the actual level design and all that kind of stuff in Bungie games, I think, is just utterly terrible. It's like, it's like there's, it's hard to see where you're supposed to go next. It's very open, uh, like, basically, in Destiny, it's, it's exactly the same thing. The story is almost non-existent. Uh, or you have to read it online or something. You unlock stuff and it says, "Read this online." <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like That's it's weird. like back in the old days when uh, when they didn't used to be able to display the text on screen, like in Wasteland. Go to page so, eighteen of your manual. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> I never really played any games that had to do that. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm amazed that we have to do that now. Yeah, just because I guess the the development of that game was a real like clusterfuck or something like that. So. Uh, <laughs> you, you've been gone for so long you don't remember so all of that stuff all of the actual you know things around the game are kind of terrible but the atmosphere is really nice the art design is really nice the gameplay is like amazing like it, it started and it was just kind of like typical halo kind of kind of thing but then it starts adding more things like basically it's like a sort of diablo you guys you guys play diablo nope negatory <laughs> Really? Yeah. It's pretty fun. You should try it. But the, the the notion is that it's like sort of repetitive content, but it's highly replayable and you get like better weapons and better this and you can put gems in and you can slot things in and power stuff up or put like, you know, different kinds of effects on weapons. So it's like rare that. Drops, just, yo. Yeah, exactly. Legendary drops, rare drops, all that shit. Like you guys never got into anything with, with that kind of thing. I've heard Joe yeah. mention gem before. But that's about it. <laughs> Gem and the holograms. I think there's a new okay. one. But anyway, like, uh, so, so if if you have any sort of like affinity for that sort of gameplay, like I, I, I do kind of like Diablo. It was kind of fun, but the actual moving around and clicking was never that fun for me. So this is kind of the same thing, but in a first-person shooter format with really, really fun moment-to-moment combat. So, um, even though like most of the content is just reused and like you don't know where to go. So, like, you have to press select every once in a while, and then there'll be, like, a little diamond that shows up that points you where you have to go. So, you're basically just pressing select all the time to find the diamond. To find the This is a real problem in modern game design, don't you guys think? Like, the, like the signposting, like, the, the levels, the level design is so bad that they have to signpost you to the actual goal. I don't know if I, if it's always bad level design, though, is it? I mean, in Far Cry Primal, I've been playing some of that. Yeah. And it's just a big open, you know, field and, and mount, mountainous area, so I do like having some sort of beacon of help. Oh no, no, a... it's 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 definitely helpful. You you need it, but I I, I feel like it's a failure that that you need it. Hmm. You know. Yeah, I think uh, what Anand is saying is that if if the level design was a little bit more um, sophisticated, then you could still navigate these these environments without a more artificial kind of a go here yeah indicator yeah like even if you had just a compass or something but nobody wants to give the i mean probably people would give up then if they couldn't find the thing so the game designers can see all the metrics and stuff so that's why they put right and but right. right but i feel like i mean open world games they have a problem i feel like in mission design anyway you know like really tight mission design compared to like a linear game or something but uh, but aside from that, I actually really enjoyed my time with Destiny. And if I had a next generation platform, whenever I eventually get one, <laughs> I guess, which I'm not really tempted to as of yet. Hmm. But uh, 
I, I think I would definitely pick this up. It's really fun, and probably everybody who's listening has played it if they want to play it. But I was pretty impressed. Like, I was going in expecting to be disappointed because everyone said it was disappointing, you know, <laughs> kind of when it came out. And there are a lot of bad aspects, but the moment-to-moment uh, gameplay is pretty awesome. And I didn't even really play online. So that is what I have to say about that. Okay, out. cool. All right, well, Joe, uh, let's get to your game or games. Uh, I didn't really ask you what you wanted to plan on. I, I kind of inferred one. You inferred it. And I don't know if that yeah. is if that's your main thing here. If you want, just go. Yeah, I think you inferred it just fine. Um, so a couple of days ago, I finally beat The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker for the very first time. Oh, for the f- you never had it before or you never played it before? I have started this game probably three or four times over the years. And I always get... I just sort of drift away from it (laughs) (laughs) so to speak so to speak and uh so this time this this time was playing the hd remake so i assume that that probably helped uh although even that said it took months and months and months um you you didn't uh, swim from island island did you (laughs) (laughs) there's a boat (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so uh, Can't Link only be... swim for like ten seconds in that game or something? Yeah, he drowns <laughs> yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. He sure does. Unless you get the Pez, Peg- uh, Pegasus floaties. Isn't it weird uh, that there was no Zora costume in that game? Anyway, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, obviously, uh, a, a game that you know took me this long to beat. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not that that high on it. Uh, it's like, but look, like it's not a bad game. I don't. I'm not. I'm not here to to give a hot take about how <laughs> Wind Waker is trash or anything like that. You're trying but to just, avoid Twitter hate against you right now, <laughs> or just just any kind of hate. I mean, look, it's you know, it it always a lot of these games fall into the category of like you know the worst Zelda game is still a high quality game. It's just this particular incarnation of zelda just doesn't just didn't really are you like a 3d really zelda cool. fan in general yeah 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 more so yeah definitely more so than than 2d yeah my favorite zelda games are uh skyward sword twilight princess not necessarily in that order uh and then probably <laughs> Ooh, 3d remake mm-hmm. those are probably my top three well, um yeah yes go on I think a lot of people would would take issue with what you said, but I am going to throw some shade. And Wind Waker is absolutely the worst 3D Zelda game, (laughs) period, bar none, including freaking Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. Yeah, I played played Phantom Hourglass. I think we're having trouble with your connection, guys. I think I have to just... I just just dropped my mic. I haven't haven't played Spirit Tracks, but I did play Phantom Hourglass, and I, I liked it better than Wind Waker. Yeah, it because it's not so boring amazing. to sail in that game because they actually give you yeah. a couple things while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, I mean, that's so that that's that's the big thing. I mean, I hate, I don't know if, if this is just like the cliche, you know, knee jerk sort of diss of Wind Waker, but but the way that I summed it up when when I was telling some other people about this is that I feel like once you get to a, an island, the game is good. You know, like I enjoyed all the dungeons. I love how there's all these little quirky 
you know, like this little tiny cluster of an island and there's like one treasure chest on it and there's some weird way to get it uh, and you need to figure it out. Uh, I love that frigging, um, what is it, that like resort island, you know, that the, the, the school teacher owns or something. Dragon Roost? No, no, no. You have to get the deed to oh, it. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got like a butler on the door or something like that. So just like there's there's really like interesting things to find in this world. And once you get to them, they're fun. And like the the islands that are populated with people have like fun and interesting characters. And I love the frigging like winged people. You know, they're all cool. Oh, I, I love all the little Koroks, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but the problem is that all of these things feel just so lonely you know it's just like it's just like as much as i love all those characters i know i'm not going to see them for you know many 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 hours because i'm going to be so removed from them for the majority of the game that it's it's you know it's like it's great that they're there but i'm not really getting to interact with them because I'm mostly just sailing around. You know? Did you guys like? Uh, did you guys? Uh, I watched the game explain analysis of that Breath of the Wild video. Did you guys watch that? It's at the, like the two-hour-long analysis. Yeah. I got through like maybe twenty-five minutes of it. <laughs> I, I kind of try to uh, like if it's a game I know I'm gonna get. I kind of avoid stuff like that if possible. See, luckily so. my brain forgets all the shit I see, so it's yeah. enjoyable at the time, and I'm not gonna remember that once the game comes out. I'm 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 pretty much the same, yeah. But like, uh, they mentioned something about the Koroks because they showed some Koroks and some of the footage, yeah. and they said yeah. the Koroks are like the Kokiri after they lost their forest or something. All right. Are you guys familiar with that? Like, yeah. It's like the, when when their nature thing was destroyed. Like the I don't know if it's a theory or it's actually what they're supposed to be. But the Koroks are like the, the Kokiri that had to go into hiding because the tree of the forest was destroyed or something. Well, I think in terms like of Wind Waker, it's supposed to be like uh, the you know the the world floods, so yeah. they lose Kokri Forest and all that. So they um, so is it the so they become little plants, obviously. Well, yeah, actually, it's sort of yeah. like weird and tragic that they become like little weird plant ninjas who have to hide and stuff and, like that. And then for some reason, the the Zoras kind of become the bird people. Yep. You know, which is an but, interesting evolutionary thing. When when they add more water and everything. The Zora should have just become like the, the evil <laughs> the like tyrants species. and gods of that world. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I do know what you're saying. So yeah, so I you know, so I really I really love the um you know, I I love the content of the game, so to speak. It's just the, the way that it's presented. And I actually also really I really like the idea of exploring. However, <laughs> I think that part of the problem is that it's just a big flat blue thing, you know? Like if if this was riding Epona through a, a gigantic world, you know, that hitting every that tree was... that she can't go around. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Well, you know. No, I know what you're um, saying, though. Breath of the, uh, the Wild is going to be much better yeah. for you in that sense. Right, right. Um, in, in, in Phantom Hourglass, I really did appreciate having a couple, even if they're just little mini games, having a couple extra things to do. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, and I, th- I think what it what it really comes down to is is I it felt like I was playing a game during those moments. You know, it took me out of the atmosphere and the story of of that world. You know, because it just felt like okay, now I have to go over here, and <laughs> and even even like using the um the song of gales or whatever it is you know the the warp yeah, one the warp thing, yeah. even that is just like i don't know i don't like friggin' conducting these songs all the time yeah that, that is like a mechanical kind of just they, they not got, really a thing to do yeah, they got better though with the hd version at least oh yes yeah, so, for sure. so so much sure. better so like, much this better. is a game that i really thought could use a remaster just to fix a lot of the problems but uh yeah i mean like Maybe they get a remaster of the remaster. Maybe maybe they should make a pan- <laughs> it's like three <laughs> maybe, hours. Long. Maybe maybe they should make a Pangea version for for Joanna. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean that's not that's a single what it drop would come of water. Oh man, put, put put that all together and then because I would love to like revisit all these. Islands. That's that's another kind of a thing. Is I think that sometimes um, I don't know how much this is sort of like Miyamoto's impact, but I feel like people like Miyamoto at Nintendo. Can I have this vision of like I'm going to create this world that's going to be so fun and interesting that people aren't even going to care about their objectives. They're just going to they're just <laughs> going to want to wander around and chat with these NPCs and learn about their pig or something. It's only fun for and, so long. Well, yeah, that's the thing cuz like I feel like everyone in these towns has like some interesting thing about them to tell me. You know, like one of them's or, got snot, snot dripping down from his nose. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but um, but it needs. I don't know. It, it's it's a delicate balance because I feel like there wasn't enough reason to interact with these people that I genuinely found entertaining. You know yeah, they I mean? should they, they should develop it more. Like it, it should be like, every game should be like The Witcher Three. There should be like a quest line. To, to solve the, to solve the problem of the guy with the snot hanging from his nose, you have yes. to like make allergy medicine or something. It's like, like a that. tissue deep in a dungeon yeah. somewhere in a yeah. box. Yeah. It's a tissue box. And, 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 and you have you have to kill uh, you have to kill like a hundred octoroks, <laughs> trade them in, and craft. Well, see, it. like, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I you know I don't I don't think like maybe not everyone needs to send you on a mission or something. But but even if it was you know like I don't know like help me take care of this pig for five minutes or so, you know, something like that, you know, something that felt like organic, you know, like this world is alive or whatever. Um, I think that that would be very cool. Would uh, you want actual like dialogue options and be able to talk to people or, or you want to just have little activities with them or something? Probably just little activities with them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I find, um, I, I find it interesting that you and I are taking such different stances on this game and I'm not going to go deep into, into my, opinion because I don't want to take from your segment, but uh, I find it way more gratifying than you to explore, even though it's flat, just to sail and find each little island. And and, and I don't, even though I find each creature or character that I get to, to be enjoyable, none of them felt overly memorable to me that I wanted to go return and hang out with and do other things with. So I was yeah. more about like, island complete, let's move on to the next thing, let's see what else is new. Um, right. not, and neither of ours is more valid than the other, I think. No, no, definitely um, not. So this I had is, less. Go ahead. 
Oh, this is the whole thing with Zelda. This is my theory with Zelda is that I don't think many people. One one thing is the sailing. Some people enjoy the sailing, and some people just don't. But aside from that, I don't think people would disagree on which Zelda has the best graphics, or the best music, or the best dungeon design, or the best characters, or the best economy. I think it's just people value everything differently. Right. So like, yeah. so like something like Wind Waker. Like, I think the dungeons are just like a fraction as good as Twilight Princesses, and there's, mm. m- you know, there's there's a lot less of them, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I think the graphics are amazing. You know, the art style is amazing. The music is really good. But I, I, I don't like it specifically because, uh, it's too easy. Like, I think, I think the combat balance is off. I feel like the dungeons aren't that great. The puzzles aren't that great. You know? Mm. Which, I don't know. If, w- would you disagree with that, Steven? That the, that the dungeons and puzzles in Twilight Princess are a lot better? Um, I would have, well, okay. So I'm, I'm still working through Twilight Princess HD. Uh, but I have beaten the original, and I have played Wind Waker and Wind Waker HD. Wind Waker HD's puzzles and dungeons I felt were better the second time around after things were a little more refined, and I played it again a couple years ago. Uh, so I did enjoy those more. Uh, from memory with Twilight Princess HD, I think that maybe they're maybe they are better, but I don't think they're necessarily leaps and bounds better because I the last thing I did in that game was the Water Temple, and I didn't find that to be all too engrossing or or, or interesting. Any more than any other dungeon, so I wouldn't say that it's it's a, a definite rank. I think to me, yeah, I just remember in Wind Waker, like they used a lot of the same ocarina puzzles. They just looked prettier. Like there were a lot of candles and a lot of blocks to push onto switches and stuff like that. But I feel like these days that they really kind of try to be more imaginative and stuff like that with different uh, settings. Okay, yeah, I can give you that. I can give you that. I think because. That might have been one of the issues that I had with Wind Waker when I first played it, because that that's what I was coming off of was Ocarina of Time. And thinking back now, yeah, the, the puzzles are kind of repetitious in that sense. Twilight Princess, I remember, like, there's that one level, I think it's the, the snowy uh, mansion. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was just wicked crazy with different, uh, like, I think there was, like, cannons, and you had your ball and chain weapon, and the weapons mm-hmm. in themselves open up the, the types of puzzles you're you're experiencing. Yeah, Way magnet more. boots and stuff like that. The double uh, long shot, for example, or double right. hook shot. Um, so yeah, actually, you know what? I guess I will say Twilight Princess. I feel was was not necessarily a, you know again a big leaps and bounds, but I think it was a probably a stretch from a more traditional or or more conservative Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, but other aspects of Wind Waker are like amazing, like you know, the, just the world design. I love the. The song that plays when you first start it up, like you just let it sit there for a while, the attract mode or whatever. The uh, it's a little Celtic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's 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 like a Celtic take on the, and then it sort of weaves in the sort of classic Zelda theme. It's pretty awesome. In Wind Waker, the the, the whole game is Celtic music musically, right? Oh yeah. yeah, the the credits theme to Wind Waker is my favorite video game song of all time. Yeah, hands down. I don't really like Celtic music. Really. Oh. I don't generally, but I, but I did enjoy it in Wind Waker. I don't know why. Maybe because they, they put the Zelda into it. That's like the, the yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you guys talk, and I'm just gonna Joe, love it, that it's song. Like, it, it, it just flows out of you. This this this, this 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 is what you should do. You should be a Celtic musician. A pot of rupees is waiting for you. <laughs> so, Joe, you you said you haven't played Spirit Tracks. Correct. Uh, I I'm really curious how you'll feel about that game. I really want you to play it because 
on the one it's hand, it's not as good as uh, Phantom Hourglass. I see. I prefer okay. I prefer Wind Waker over Phantom Hourglass. I believe if I if I remember my experiences correctly, I would put Wind Waker first. Spirit yeah. Tracks, I think maybe is in between them. Uh, I don't think I liked it as much as Wind Waker, but I really like the train aspect. However, from what you're telling me as far as travel and stuff like that, I mean, you you have even less control over your travel. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's there are, maybe there's a hill or two, but like you're stuck on the train tracks and right. there's some puzzle aspect to that because there's bad trains, you know, evil trains that want to ram into you and stuff. And there are many games to play on the train, so maybe it is more is involved. Is this Stephen King book? <laughs> no, but uh, I, I really want to see how you feel about that game in the end. And I, mm. on and that's uh, that's got the the spirit flute, right? I I didn't even open it. It's still sealed. Oh, okay. In my I, box of goodies. Yeah. I think the flute, the pan flute, is the instrument in that game. If I mm. I don't think it's Phantom Hourglasses. Uh, if I'm wrong, then someone let me know. But that that flute is effing horrible. Uh, yeah, that, that's most people complain about the flute and the train tracks, but but it's, uh, and and the train. But aside from that, I think almost everybody thinks it's better than Phantom Hourglass. I thought most everybody liked. Yeah, it. to me, it's Wind Waker, uh, Spirit Tracks, Phantom Hourglass. But the Pan Flutes, is, I think, like it's, I don't even know if it's on the Virtual Console for like the Wii U or something. If they, if they just need a new system, I think the the microphone or the way that it worked on the on the DS or 3DS or whatever it was on um, DS, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just don't think it worked very well for what they were trying to do. I think. So they could they could fix it in a post release. So hopefully, uh, if that happened or has happened, then people are enjoying it more. A lot of people hated Phantom Hourglass because of that Temple of the Ocean King. But I thought yeah. that was kind of cool, actually. I thought it was a it was a really neat sort of different sort of challenge for a Zelda game. Yeah, it was fine. Towards yeah. the end, it got a little bit like uh, again, but it's true, it it's was... true. But but you you can skip but, most of it, right? But well, yeah. For the I say for easily. 80% of the game, I was I was digging it. So, yeah. Yep. Alright, that's probably all I have to say about Wind Waker. So, if we want to move on to Steven's games. Well, uh, let me just say, uh, congrats for finishing it, though. You know, that's cool. Thank to hear that you. you. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> I've quoted that do, way too long, or too often lately. I do like the, uh, the battle at the end. The end-end. Ah, yes. Oh yeah, I got I got confused with the penultimate battle. Did not do so great with that. Oh, the puppet game. The puppet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the frick am I supposed to hit? But I thought that was really stylistic though and neat. It was also kind of, yeah. It was it was very stylistic. It was. I wasn't sure why I was fighting a big puppet, but. People always bring up the the sword through the head as a as as the typical example of hardcore Nintendo or whatever, right? Oh yeah, that that was like wow. Now the ocean turns <laughs> to blood, and then the blood rains yeah. down on them. And I think that once he becomes a rock statue, it's like the perfect iconic thing with the sword there. But the moment of stabbing is like whoa. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It's just surprising for him. Okay, the, the, uh, the underwater temple, the underwater uh, underwater uh, temple moment was like also pretty cool. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay. So, speaking of games that make a splash, okay. <laughs> uh, what um, what I'm playing right now is uh, a new release from Nintendo. It's Paper Mario Color Splash. And I'm excited about this one. I am too. Yep. It looks super fun. Yeah. 
so this has been an interesting ride for for me and I think for Nintendo fans alike. You know, Paper Mario, we all clamor for the classic Paper Mario RPG aspect. Never played them. No? Okay. Never ever? Nope. So we all but Joe. Um, I shouldn't <laughs> use uh, such... But this, but this means I don't miss anything. Good. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, I guess they've really... Looking back at the history of this thing, I think I've just there have been come... more non-RPGs, yeah. What's that? There have been more non-RPGs, right? Right, and so at this point, I think people who are holding on to that and and they, I guess, people who hold that against a new Paper Mario game, kind of should let go of that, because it's 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 not an RPG anymore. Unfortunately, I mean, the the, the first two RPG games are are incredible, and I would like to see more done like that. And I guess people aren't getting their fix in the Mario and Luigi series in terms but, of that. So so, can I ask you a question? As somebody who does miss those Paper Mario games, yeah, like why don't the Mario and Luigi games satisfy what you need from a Mario RPG? Hell if I know. I mean, I I could think about it and get back to you, but immediately I I don't even know. I mean, um, do you, do you, do you like those games? Uh, for me, I think they do. I think they do fine. I think, I think what I, and this is probably a big one for most people, is what the Mario and Luigi series doesn't have is the central character aspect where you are building a team, like you do in the in the original Paper Mario games, or at least in one of them you do, but. Uh, in At least Luigi, the first one, I know for sure. Yeah, like Lack of Lester was the Lakitu kind of sidekick, and Goombari. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they each had their own special moves and everything. And and in Mario and Luigi, you're constantly building on you and uh, or Mario and Luigi as a as a pair. And you don't really get sidekicks that follow you or, or custom. What do you mean? You get Baby anything. Mario, Baby Luigi, sometimes Bowser, Baby Bowser, Dream well, Luigi. You've proved me wrong. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and and so I think that's why why people have a distaste for that series. Plus, it has been primarily, if not exclusively, on handheld, uh, which I think people miss that on on a console. They they want something like that. Uh, however, as far as this goes, though, not to not to dwell too much on the past. Uh, I liked Super Paper Mario. I liked uh, Sticker Star to a point. Um, Color Splash has a similar flaw in it, but it, I mean, I guess it seems like they're trying so far to, to fix that. But uh, Paper Mario that, is that 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 the combat is completely useless in Sticker Star. Yeah, yeah. So that is I, a really weird and large, glaring flaw that I don't know why it's there. Well, uh, somebody likes it at Nintendo, I guess, and so they they include <laughs> it's like, Reggie's favorite. <laughs> let's talk about that, I guess, with Color Splash. So in Color Splash. Instead of using stickers, you have these cards arbitrarily. There's no really real real reason for it. And each card has a move. And I do kind of miss that aspect of the old RPGs where I could actually just pick from a list and, and move forward. Uh, you have to go through multiple steps to do it. You have to pick your card. If it's colorless, you have to fill it with color. And you have to have enough color to fill it. Um, and then after that, you have to flick the card. And I think... For me, I I would find myself enjoying it more if I could just press a button instead of flicking because it's not that uh, correct, I guess. Like, if I don't flick it correctly, it, it doesn't necessarily throw the card out, so I have to keep trying a few times. And uh, it just seemed arbitrary, really. I, I I guess it's their way of controlling what your options are and varying it up so you're using different moves all the time. And that's a valid concern because you don't want to just be stomping on everyone's head all the time. But... To to the point people make about how this is like Sticker Star, 
you do kind of, you know, when, when you beat a battle, you get more cards sometimes, and that's, so really what's the point? You could have just not fought, and then you could have saved your card anyway. But, but you don't have to do a mini game. that's like, you don't have to do like a mini game like in the Mario Luigi games with, with every move? No, no, not really. Um, you just throw the card and it has some effect? Well, uh, do you mean like uh, like action presses and things like that? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can still do those. And so there is strategy in that sense. Okay. But in the end, so you do you do battle in Color Splash, and I'm finding that as I go through the levels, which are, are segmented again, so that's another fault that people give the series these days is that the the world isn't fully connected. You have you just it, you, it's almost like Super Mario Brothers 3's map or Mario World's map, and you just move from level to level. Which I is like a really superficial complaint. Like I I know people have that complaint about a lot of games, but it doesn't really matter. I think I think I would agree with you. You know, it doesn't really hurt it or anything that I don't get to watch the transition from the city to the beach. And in fact, having to navigate that might honestly take me more time than I wanted to and be a little bit more boring. I think uh, if they segment them, they can actually achieve more cohesive individual area or level. Than... Yeah, Paper Mario, that was one of people's complaints, right? Is that they had to backtrack all the way across to the other end of the game to do something. It's, it's one of my few complaints about uh, Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo, is some of the, the backtracking you have to do to try to navigate your way. And um, even though that did that have kind of a map aspect to some degree, but it was it, not in the same way. Uh, but Color Splash... The things that I like about it, and that's what I want to focus on here, is, as everyone says, it's beautiful. It's an incredibly good-looking game. Uh, I don't know who thought that it would be fun to paint a bunch of shit with a hammer, but it is. It, uh, is it? Yeah. So th- that's what I was wondering about, if it gets tedious. Or, because I felt Sticker Star, I thought that core mechanic of just peeling stickers off stuff was really fun, <laughs> for some reason. That got a little old for me, yeah. but I guess be, I, I think one of the differences is that with Sticker... Uh, with color splash you're you're looking for these different uh areas it's almost like a uh, almost reminds me of what's that magazine um it was a kid's magazine where there's always stuff hidden in the picture highlights uh, was it highlights or games magazine it had i thought it was the same one that had goofs and gallant oh oh yeah it is highlights right it could be. It could, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. Anyway. But but you know it's it's like one of those puzzles but a 3D world of them where you have to kind of find the this this object that you know that's really that should have some color. That's uh, some objects are white, but they they're just like an off white. And finding those areas and then coloring them, and all you really get are more color or coins or things like that. And they all, you know, it, it's relatively gratifying. But there's a percentage counter on every level that you have to try to find every spot to color. And I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. And uh, and with the different colors, you you're not you don't have to hit it a certain way to change the color or anything. You don't have to hit it multiple times to change the color to the right color. It just kind of works or it doesn't. And I find that to be enjoyable. So you're navigating these levels, you're coloring things in, you're trying to find the, the color of the spots. Uh, there's a lot of NPCs to interact with. Um, many of them are toads, but that's okay. <laughs> the writing yeah, is going to love it. The writing is pretty enjoyable. Um, but overall, it's just been really enjoyable to navigate the world and to, to find colorless spots to, to fill in. And, and as far as battles go, to, to touch back on that, most of them have been kind of forced. There, there are areas where you can avoid levels and every, or uh, enemies, but it's kind of like a story progression. So you're, you're looking on this, you're on this path, you're looking for it, and then something jumps out at you and you can't really avoid it. Uh, but it's not as annoying as, say, random battles might be. And it's, random battles, yeah. but it's also not, 
not too bad, I guess. I mean, I so would you rather have more battles or less battles? Or I mean, would you rather have uh, more necessary battles or just no battles or something? Would that still be fun? Um, that's a good question. I think I'd rather have more necessary battles, but okay. it my only my only gripe with the battles is is the multiple steps you have to take to make your attack. If they could have streamlined that, maybe there is a way to do it. I just haven't come across it. But if I can make that quicker, then I won't mind jumping into battles and and fighting these guys. I'd be surprised if there wasn't a way towards the end of the game or some item that sort of breaks the TDM a bit. So, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, do you think the last two games have been made primarily for kids? Because stickers and coloring. Like, and maybe the Mario Luigi games, are there more, like, for adults? Guns and violence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. no, but, but the, the, they're a little more challenging and they have a few more st- statistics and stuff. And these are more like adventure games and, like, literally stickers and coloring. Well, no, I think that's just a function of the fact that Paper Mario's made a paper, and they're thinking of what other things come in paper. Coloring books. Oh, I didn't even think uh, about that. Flat stickers. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's all that is. I don't think that's aiming towards children at all. Okay. Um, I think the adventure aspect is is them opening up to children a bit from, you know, the more... I, I, would, I would consider an RPG with its intricacies and its detail to be more of an adult game. Um, sure, kids can play it. I'm not trying to say they can't, but I think that Super Mario RPG for Super Nintendo is more aimed at maybe younger teens or older children than it would be for younger children or, or uh, it's not quite a family game, you know? And I think these are really aiming to be fun family adventures that have some sort of relation to, to uh, paper craft. And they've really expanded on that with, with color splash as you see a lot of corrugated cardboard and other things, the way that the world will roll up or fold up. It, there's the cutting aspect, um, which actually I think is kind of flawed in a, in a weird way. You guys know about this. It's a, uh, you can you can hit Y or I think it's Y at any time to attempt to cut out something from the screen and like, to like reduce the space between platforms or something. Well, sort of. So say you're walking along and there's a, uh, some sort of platform on the right and, and a river in between you and then your platform on the left. But the way that the platforms line up along the horizon, that it actually makes like a nice clean rectangle. So that's your clue that maybe you can use that move here. And so. You hit the Y button, it warps you into like a weird version of that screen and shows you scissors and you use the stylus to cut out on the page. Then you cut out a piece of the background and I guess it doesn't make sense that all of a sudden Mario warps to one of those sides and then you just walk along the path you made to the other side and that's how you would get across the river. And you can Um, do that anywhere or just at those? No, just at certain spots. Um, So it's not broken because you can do it everywhere, but... um, but at the same time, I feel like it's it just makes no sense that you would be able to uh, warp to that. And if I can warp into that little space I just created, why can't I just warp to the end where I have to go anyway? Why, do, why is there a goal line I have to walk across? Uh, I think it would be better if I could cut things out and then actually place them elsewhere to use them somewhere. Um, I mean, pasting. Well, that's there's there's uh, going to be a sequel maybe. Get, <laughs> paper Mario to, cut and paste. Yeah, they have to they have to save some paper ideas for the sequel. Yeah, yeah. But, but, like, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, N- Nintendo, I don't really want them to take feedback from all the sort of horrible people on the internet. <laughs> but this is one series where I-, I wish they would just take a little bit of feedback on the gameplay because, like, there's so many aspects that are really good about this series. But, it's like, in Super Paper Mario, it's a fun game, but the combat, again, is meaningless because it's so easy, you know? Yeah. And if the whole thing was just-, just balanced a little bit differently so that you actually had to use some strategy and skill and stuff like that, I feel like they'd be so much better, you know? Same thing with Zelda games. Like, 
same thing with Wind Waker, even. <laughs> like, if the combat was just balanced to be more challenging and to actually matter, then it would make the game so much better. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, agree to that. I think in the next line of, of this franchise, I wouldn't mind seeing something like Color Splash in terms of its uh, world and, and the way that the levels are designed, but um, going back to a little bit more of the combat, even if it's automated and not so RPG-like, but just some sort of uh, different combat than what they've been doing here with with stickers and, and cards. I don't. I, they don't need the gimmick there. I think. Yeah. Actually, I, I always mm-hmm. have kind of wanted like a good card-based RPG on the Wii U, but not coloring stuff, just flicking stuff in general directions. To I, I thought it'd be a cool idea, but okay. I guess it didn't pull it off that well. Like maybe if they could do like a Metroid-style evolution of of Mario uh, for this, like the, he just kind of evolves or or grows. But not so much through hit points, but just acquiring items and things like that. Like, he just becomes stronger and more agile. Um, right. That would be kind of fun. And then for an adventure game, that's what you want. You want to be able to navigate the, the world that you're in in, a, in different ways that are ever-changing, that allow you to explore new areas that you couldn't see before. And that, to me, that's one of the really fun aspects of adventure games. And, and Well, this almost seems like a classic adventure game, almost like a sort of LucasArts adventure game instead of an action-adventure game, like a like a typical Nintendo game. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Which those don't really have any progression or much gameplay at all. Right. But I don't know. Like, uh, like for me, the Mario and Luigi games, uh, like, I don't play them on time in a timely fashion, but I rented Paper Jam or whatever. Have you guys played that? Um, oh, that was the, uh, the, the cross between the two types, right? Yeah, it's a handheld crossover. I, I didn't get a chance to play that, no. Uh, I rented that from the library, and it was pretty damn good. Like, I I didn't play the last couple of Mario and Luigi games, but it was really good. Like, it had the paper stuff, and the RPG mechanics were solid, and, you know, the the battles were engaging and stuff like that. I feel like if you really want the RPG, then they're still cranking them out at almost too fast of a pace for me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, you know, I am curious to see how that will affect that line of, of the games, if they'll even... Uh, try if they try to keep those characters together to some degree, or if that was just a one-time thing. Probably or, just one time, but 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 the switch is gonna make the need for two RPG series even more meaningless, right? Yeah, right. But but all all in all, I'm liking this game, and I would definitely recommend people who are into the Paper Mario franchise, who like that that style of game, uh, to pick it up. But just don't go into it expecting, you know. Uh, any of the the first couple, so this is this is a better version of Sticker Star, with only a few stickers, which are more or less like tape. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it is it's clever. It's making me laugh a little bit, and it's colorful and fun, and that's really what I what I'm looking out of this series. So that's cool. Yeah, like like you know you you take what you get, right? So maybe it's not like a super tight gameplay or something, but. You can still appreciate it just a, on a, like a whimsical sort of adventure game, right? That's pretty much how I played Sticker Star, just like trying to enjoy what I could out of it. And there's still things to enjoy. Yeah. So, I feel uh, like, uh, I feel like, uh, I should try to finish Sticker Star. I, I, I do want to play Paper Mario. Not to, to digress into that, but where are you at with Sticker Star? So I had played like the first couple of worlds and then I lost a case in Japan with six 3DS games. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it was horrible. It was like a lot of, a lot of the really rare stuff too, like Star Fox 64 3D and 
just a various stuff. But then I, I pretty much replaced them now. So the, the the hole in my heart has been filled. The, the hole in my collector's heart has been filled. But yeah, so I haven't really started it up again. But okay. I'm, well, the only thing I got to say there, because I think this is valid for many people's experiences with that game. Once you get past the Wiggler Forest portion, the game will pick back up again. But that Wiggler Forest thing is kind of a bullshit segment that really should have been evaluated more heavily before they released that game. It was hard for me, uh, not necessarily in the challenging sense, but in the tedious sense. And many others have complained about that area. So once you get through that, I found the game to be more enjoyable. Um, but you may want an FAQ for the end, because there's some convoluted logic, I think, there as well. Right. And I don't have time to sit there and try to really work through it for days, which I think it would have taken me to do so. So... I'll, but I'll I, keep in mind. Yeah. I do recommend it. Okay. The, Joe, like, uh, are, are you ever going to try the... You like RPGs, right? So are you ever going to try one of the Paper Mario RPGs, like the first couple of games? Uh, I don't know, because... What's uh, the reason not, that, that you're not into them? Um, the reason I like RPGs is for... like an, <laughs> I know it, it sounds weird, because people always say how cliche that rpg stories are or jrpg stories and it's true they are but um <laughs> but the, you know that's that's what i like about them is, is getting that i don't know if i mean i'd have to try one i don't know if if this would because would the charm be enough for you or, or do you need like it, a serious story exactly that, that that's what i'm wondering because charm would be enough if like it's not too too many hours do you know what i mean yeah. But I guess how do these compare time wise to a typical JRPG? You know, like uh I remember when the first Paper Mario came out, like the reviews were like, Oh, it's it's kinda short, but it's really good, so you should try it. So mm -hmm. so I borrowed it from the game rental store and mm -hmm. back when those existed. And yes. I, I tried to play I tried to play through it and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll just knock this out in like six hours or something. Mm -hmm. And I was up like till three o'clock in the morning every day. I was like, When does this fucking game end? <laughs> <laughs> and it lasted me like like thirty four or some ungodly amount of hours and I finished it, but at the end of the week I was just like all bleary and sort of like worn out and right. I was like I I, th I guess just because RPGs are in those days they used to be like hundreds of hours or a hundred hours yeah. or something. Yeah, it's not yeah, short, yeah. but it's it's not super long, but it's not super short. I, I would really recommend at least the first one. Uh because it's, it's super charming and it's yeah, fine. So like the those those hours, I mean is it is it mostly just um doing battles? No no like... no. So so it, it's 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 not just battles and battles and battles. There's there's lots of like like uh, Steven was saying, you pick up these sidekicks and stuff like that and there's yeah. lots of like fun character bits and charming stuff. It's like they switch okay. the perspective, uh, so you get to play as Paper Peach trying to escape from Bowser's Castle. Oh, yeah, that's right. mm -hmm. It's like all sorts of fun stuff and like little inversions and twists on the Mario formula. So it, okay. it's super clever. I, I think you would like it if you tried it. And it's probably on Virtual and Console. Which one are we talking about here? Cause I've, I've only played the first one. I haven't played the GameCube game, actually. GameCube game is Thousand Year Door, right? Yeah, the first one is just Paper yeah. Mario, which gotcha. I'm sure is on Virtual Console. And what system? Was that N64? Yeah, N64. <clears throat> yeah, both are really good. People generally, I think, think that uh, Thousand Year Door is better. But I've heard both from right. you know, from many people. So. I've just heard everyone loves Thousand Year Door. So. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, th I think the first one is good, too. I, I think you would appreciate it because it does a lot of clever sort of perspective shifts and uh, things like that with the, with the characters. Right. Okay. right. But I, I think I'm going to put Color Splash on my Christmas list despite some of the flaws that i'm hearing it looks it. amazing it looks so beautiful yeah 
the flaws don't stop me from playing it. So yeah, I know. mean, do you would you do you have like a letter grade that you would give it right now, Stephen? I mean, it's way too soon for me to know overall, but I would say it's uh, going into like B plus. Okay. Right now, and I think it can. I think it'll grow. The more the because like I just got okay. So I didn't even talk about the different areas I've seen, but you start off in, in Prisma Town, I think, and uh, that's where you find out that all shit's gone to hell. And there's some general kind of areas that you. Is there also like a Chroma Town or something? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, but you start off there, and then you branch off from there. And as you pick up different colored stars, you get different types of paths that take you to different sections of the, of the map. And uh, I just entered like a beach area, and it's just you know refreshing. I, I spent a few levels in like traditional, you know, grass and field type areas, and then there was like an underground cave area, and now I'm in the the beach area. And so a lot of the staples of the series of, of Mario in general, but everything feels fresh. And I think as I continue to explore more and more, I'm going to enjoy seeing different areas. I'm sure there's got to be a lava level somewhere, for example. And uh, the different enemies they introduce, they kind of do a, a gradual build of all this stuff. And I think the pacing is going to make me feel strong about this game in the end, as long as it doesn't uh, get too bogged down by the, the battling. Um, I have over a thousand coins right now, and you can, I think it's once per turn or once per battle, you can do a roulette to just pay 10 coins to get a random card. Uh, so it doesn't rely on you to have to necessarily find them all, and especially if you run out of cards, which I haven't yet, but if you do, you might find that you need to do that uh, to keep going so you don't die. Oh, that um, was the problem with Sticker Star, right? Running out of stickers I didn't, or whatever? I didn't have that problem myself, but okay. it's certainly uh, one that could exist. And I guess that's one thing that I think people like about traditional RPGs uh, in the in this franchise is because, you know, you you're, just managing, <laughs> you're just managing your, uh, your flower points or whatever. And yeah. you're, you're not managing that you have enough of this card and that card. Because it is annoying when I realize, you know, I, I just want to jump on these guys' heads and I can't. Because I only have hammers or spikes or something. And that's kind of annoying. But uh, but no, I would recommend it, Joe. I, d I think that it's a great Christmas game as well. Like a, a Christmas vacation kind of game. Okay. So uh, you can just sit down and put in hours. And again, because the levels are relatively like a half hour long each or, or maybe a little less. And you can go back in them to do more things. But each kind of romp through them, it's a little bite-sized. Be perfect for the Nintendo Switch, in fact. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of, let's talk about <laughs> Steam World. Hunt. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's let's switch topics here. Um, yeah, so let's let, we'll get to the Nintendo Switch soon. Uh, the last thing I want to mention really quick, I, I was fortunate enough to get a review copy of Steam World Heist on Wii U. Uh, I did the 3DS review for. You're pretty tight with those image and form guys, aren't you? I am, aren't I? <laughs> Did you see the video, uh, the, the uh, Switch video they revealed? The the one that Image Informed did? Yeah. I saw a uh, like a screen grab on Twitter. I didn't really see a video. Okay. Uh, they they seem but, like really cool guys, actually. No, they are. They are very cool. I don't, you know, we don't go out and drink or anything. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I've definitely communicated with them, uh, you know, throughout the years. Um, and uh, so I was fortunate enough to get a copy of this. And it is so far, I mean, I, I do plan on reviewing it for Negative World since obviously I got the copy. And uh, but my short kind of explanation of it right now is, it is uh, it is a HD uh, crisp version of SteamWorld Heist on on your Wii U. So you're talking about the Wii U version. Yeah, the the game it was awesome on 3DS. I played through it twice back to back, and I did that with SteamWorld Dig. I mean, there's something about these SteamWorld games that really grabs me in this way, and I'm gonna blow through. Uh, 
this this Wii U copy as well. So so um, is, is it uh, different in any way? Like, is there any procedural generation? There is, right? Yeah. So the levels are procedurally generated, uh, except for I think there's a couple that are kind of standard um, that are that are smaller ones that kind of play a certain story role. But the actual general levels are are all uh, generated new each time you go in them. So um, it, was it the same for dig, or or was dig just it just seems procedurally generated because you're digging different paths every time? Dig was procedurally generated for the main three areas, but the caves you enter that have a couple right, right. of small things those were always the same. Okay, because that's where you would unlock. Uh, yeah, the power ups. Your power ups. Yeah, so they had to make that structure, but finding them like they wouldn't be in the same places, and you know, of course, none of the the loot was in the same place and that sort of thing. So maybe maybe I'll play dig again because I really I really love the hell out of it. Oh, that's, that's so good. Thing. Yeah, and and I love the concept of SteamWorld Heist too. I just haven't started. Yet. I love I love making anything traditionally actiony turn based. It's just such an interesting uh, sort of thing to me. Like I would I would love to play like a turn based fighting game, like a Street Fighter, but turn based or something. I just yeah. think it's an interesting sort of strategic take on all that stuff. Yeah, you know I enjoy that aspect of it a lot because it gives me a little bit of time to plan, and it's really fun to get your weapon loadout, your character loadout, uh, and the way that they've they've forced you to have only a certain amount of slots. And the the level or the not the levels of the weapons, but the weapons and the types and how strong they are, they all evolve as you play through the game. Like Image and Form is is they're, they're experts at progression. I think the way that they make you feel like you're constantly being better and fighting harder enemies and being uh, more elaborate, perhaps with with what you're doing. How, how long is High School? Because because Dig had that sense of progression, but I feel like it, it was pretty short. Although really fun and yeah, Dig took me like seven hours my first time, and then I whizzed through it in about three, I think, my second time. Uh, with Heist, I think the first time I played it, it took me about 15 hours, I feel oh, like. Okay. 12, 15 hours. So, and which one do you like better? Um, oh, that's a little hard to say, though, because Heist feels more involved. You know, Your actions, I think, are more directly uh, affecting your ability to win. While Dig is more or less like just kind of roaming around and exploring. So I like them both for that fact. I think if I could see a sequel, though, down the line, it would have to be Dig. But then I would probably want a sequel to Heist. (laughs) So so it's really hard for me to choose. I hope this game actually sells some copies, since the Wii U is kind of like a lame duck kind of platform right now. Sure, but, you know, I can see them releasing it for uh, the Switch. and uh, Yeah, no, definitely. I know it sold pretty well on 3DS, and... I think it's, I don't know, I think, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's come out on other platforms yet. Like, Yeah, I, I think it has. Has it? Okay. So Wii U was kind of one of the last ones in this case? Yeah. I mean, but, it, uh, it just recently came out on PS4 and stuff like that. I mean, I can tell you this. I definitely have heard from nobody that this game does not, has not been doing well wherever it has released. I mean, people are definitely receiving it very well. I think the Image Inform guys are definitely proud of themselves, and they should be. Uh, they've crafted one heck of a game, and... and even though some may may complain that Steam World, Steam World, Steam World, like, are we going to do anything new uh, with? That's just a form? setting, right? I mean, but, it's it's a cool setting with super nice uh, graphic design. Too. Yeah, they don't feel like they're rehashing anything. It's yeah. it's it's a little bit steampunk, but uh, but it's it's still a treat, and it's cool to see them apply that to different game genres altogether. Not only that, but it's not like steampunk is an overused sort of setting in video games. Right, it's not. It really. When's the next steampunk game? Uh, when Image Inform is done with it, <laughs> you know. I just so, went to a bar at my movie theater, and it was like steampunk night, and everyone came out and they were dressed like, like I don't even know, 
who they'd how be many, dressed like. They're all, yeah. How many pairs of goggles were there? Oh my god, they had like monocles and shit and like fake beards and <laughs> side beards. It was pretty amazing, sideburns. Uh, have you played the first game, Steven? Uh, is that the tower defense? Yeah. I have not. That's the only one I haven't played. I'm surprised you didn't go back and try it out. Well, here's my apprehension, and if you've played it, let me know if I should shut the hell up. But uh, I, I hate tower defense games also. Me too. So <laughs> that's the only reason I haven't gone back, but I feel like probably should just to have a cohesive understanding yeah, of the even on this franchise. Like, uh, have, you, have you ever liked a tower defense game? No. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the genre, but I kind of like that Q Games one with the spaceship. It's all right, but I only played a couple levels. So. Yeah, so, I mean, I probably should, and uh, maybe I will. Uh, I think, I'm not sure what my options are at this point to play that either. Uh, 3DS. Okay, I can do, okay. was it a, was it a DS game though before? Regardless though, 3DS can play the DSi worse. Yeah. Stuff. You can't even download them on the DSi. And... Okay, but I can still get it on my 3DS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. But, uh, the last thing I gotta say about SteamWorld Heist is that it also features, uh, in a bit more even bombastic and louder because my TV is, of course, louder than my 3DS, but in a more louder tone, the wonderful music of uh, Steam Powered Giraffe. I, I, I know I've probably given Joe a link or two before, but have I... Uh, you sure have. Have you ever heard him on him? I haven't, no. They are just incredible artists, and uh, I love their music. They have multiple albums out. Anyone who likes the idea of steampunk music, I think... Uh, Is that like go... industrial music or something? What's no, no, no. Music? Well, no, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's, it's just beautifully sung and, and performed... More or less like rock music, but it's not. It's not rock. I mean, it's they're their own genre. But they, the the musicians, they're slightly vaudevillian, wouldn't you say? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't even say Sounds slightly. Good. Yeah, there's definitely like some vaudeville aspect to it. Uh, but the gimmick is that they're they're you know steampunk robots who are playing the music, and they when they perform live, it's such a treat to watch them because they are in character, and <laughs> their music videos are all in character and everything. So it's like. Uh, you know how Daft Punk, you know, they, they have their characters, right? You know, you, you, uh, we don't, I've never actually seen the Daft Punk crew without their helmets on, for example. But yeah, like these characters, Steam Powered Giraffe are the same thing. I mean, they are, they are a series of robots performing. And, and the reason I bring them up and the reason I even know about them is because in Steam World Heist, they're featured, uh, they're, they're characters in the game, but they also, when you go to certain bars and taverns, they, they're playing the music in the background. And it's just very cool how you're kind of, the world feels more re- realistic because you're playing the music, and then to find that this music exists out there is just stellar. That so, sounds pretty cool. Uh, definitely play the game and definitely listen to the music. So, like, uh, what do you think about 3DS versus the like HD versus 3D? Which which do you think is a little more key to the game? Um, honestly, neither. <laughs> like, I think I don't think one trumps the other, but uh, so portable play then will probably win out. But yeah, I think in the end, I would probably agree with that. Yeah, I. I I mean, when I played SteamWorld Heist on 3DS, I was uh, in another state, and I was going to the hospital a lot because uh, my girlfriend's father was in, in there for some stuff, and he's very healthy and happy now. But uh, it was it was great to be able to play that in the, in the downtime between just kind of sitting and hanging out with somebody who's sleeping a lot, you know, and recovering and stuff. Um, here in front of my TV, it's also a great experience, and maybe I don't have that connection with it because I already had the 3DS one uh, played so well. Um, the only thing that I have to complain about kind of relates to that is the, the UI on the, on the Wii U one it seems to borrow a lot from the 3DS. So it, when, when they display like your loot at the end, I just don't think it looks that great when they have 
more Too or less. Big and blocky, yeah. They've got like the top screen of the 3DS sitting there on the top half of your TV, and then they've got the bottom screen. Like it, it almost looks like it's the 3DS just pasted on there. I kind of feel like they could have done a little bit something different to jazz that up. Well, I, I guess this this dilemma will no longer be a problem in uh, a couple of months, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we will see. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's it. I just wanted to champion that game again. It's uh, it's great once again on the Wii U. So if you if you haven't picked it up or uh, if you're not a handheld gamer, uh, this is your chance now to experience this great game. So all right. So I think. I think with that we'll uh, we'll take a quick break with a little bit of music, uh, maybe from oh there's so many good games I don't know what I'm gonna pick actually. Steamroll Heist. The, oh, I could play that. I could play Color Splash, which has incredible music. Um, Wind Waker, you know, even has great music. Uh, Destiny, that's garbage. No, Let's let's just have Joe Celtic freestyle for the whole. Yeah. Okay, Joe, do that. We'll step away. We'll have a break. You can play the lovely generic tunes from Mario Golf. That's it. Well, anyway, let's take a break and then let's switch topics to the Nintendo Switch. Click. the main topic. The thing that everyone's been waiting for us to shut the hell up and get to. <laughs> uh, so guys, um, there were some rumors that were uh, kind of swarming. I mean, there's been rumors about the Nintendo NX uh, for so long now, and then suddenly, within a matter of days, it was like, hey, there might be actually reveals coming, and, and we all weren't sure what was happening, and then there was supposed to be a, uh, an announcement on a Wednesday, and it was like Wednesday evening or, or something. Yeah, and then Within a matter of day, they announced the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So they finally tell us, "Hey, tomorrow morning you're gonna you're gonna see it." And then it's like, "Whoa, shit! Okay, cool." And uh, I I set up a meeting room for myself so I could go watch it in private at work and just you know dedicate myself to the three minutes. Um, I did that before I realized it was only three minutes long, but uh, <laughs> but still. And I, I what did you, know, you do for the rest of the uh, fifty-seven minutes? Uh, oh, I I watched it. I, I thought about it for two seconds and I got back to work. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I had a meeting that was at 10:30, and um, and I couldn't miss it. It's one of those daily meetings to help us out of a crisis. And uh, uh, the the trailer was at 10 o'clock my time, so yeah, I'm kind of glad it didn't go too long because I, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to enjoy it per se. But um, but I remember like running down the stairs, almost like I gotta get to that meeting room. I gotta turn my computer back on. Did you and, did like, you guys all watch it live and like? Try to watch on Nintendo.com, but it didn't work or something. Uh, no, I just went right to YouTube and tried to find their YouTube uh, account, and um, and by that point it was like a minute and a half after ten. So uh, I, I don't know. I, don't, I think they just posted the video. There wasn't like a live thing. So yeah, because they uh, can just do. Yeah. So I mean, I just watched it and uh, and really, I mean, not to rehash what we saw there, but there is a bunch of different scenes of people playing this this new system, which is incredibly thin and. I'll throw it to you guys. What do you think about the system uh, as as a, as a as, as 
the design of it, the the functionality, I mean, all that good stuff. I mean, um, I think it's pretty much it's pretty much exactly what I wanted from the original Wii U. I would say. Okay. Like when I dreamed about the Wii U and like the best thing that I, I could have wanted, it was pretty much this. Like all the ideas that I thought they could use, it was this. The the multiplayer, the local LAN sort of multiplayer capabilities are amazing. Um, I I like the idea that you can take it with you or plug it into the TV. But the main thing that I love about it is that finally Nintendo's uh, resources won't be split among two platforms. Mm-hmm. Well, before before you go on that that okay. trailer. Didn't they, uh, they haven't officially said that the 3DS won't have a successor, right? Uh, you know, they sort of said something sort of waffly, but they have to say that so that the Pokemon still sells copies and 3DS still sells copies. I so think. you really think that this is going to homogenize both into one? Oh, yeah. Like, if anything, I think when the prices come down and the chips are able to be reduced, they'll come out with a portable version that's exactly the same sort of chipset, just reduced, and a longer battery life and stuff like that. But, and not detachable. But yeah, I think so, for sure. What do you guys think? Joe? Um, it's hard to say. I was... Uh, prob- probably that. I would say probably that. Yeah. I guess I, I don't see that as being a negative. Uh, no. Because I, I guess let me just rant off here about what I saw in that trailer that really appealed to me. So, um, you know, in the beginning that you got the guy playing... Zelda in his living room, and then he goes to the dog park and continues to play. That's cool in itself. That's single player. Uh, I can take my games on the go anytime, and they look beautiful. And that is really exciting, because the idea of just taking the gamepad out of the, the living room is is one that I, I think all of us have had uh, the desire to do, but of course, then you know it starts yelling at you about how far you are. Hey, there's a there's a wall in between us. Get back. And, yeah, you've uh, also seen other people doing that when they come over and try out your system, right? Like, they, they walk a little too far, and then they're like, what's going on? You know? Yeah. So now, you know, by putting the console in the controller, more or less, is what they've done, they really, they mitigate that whole thing. And that's exciting. But then, then they go into the uh, airplane mode Skyrim Gamer, and uh, being able to take your consoles into the sky and, and really travel with them is excellent, because, I mean, many people travel, you know, on their day-to-day lives, and to be able to take it into the hotel easily, just like I do with my 3DS, I mean, that's, that's a fantastic plus. Uh, the the van dudes that scene with them playing Mario Kart <laughs> that I don't see the you know I don't think I need to play Mario Kart in a van but uh but <laughs> in on a, a moving more, van on, on I, a half of a screen yeah but on a more broad standpoint with a with a two inch controller <laughs> yeah that, I mean we'll see how that whole hand cramping bullshit happens there but uh, that's still pretty cool that you can just take you know both sides you know the Joy Cons or whatever you can take the left one and the right one and use them as separate controllers for games that's kind of an interesting novel idea. Yeah, one of the questions about those is, uh, I think they're supposed to be IR or something, so you must have to have line of sight. But I wonder how many controllers one one unit can support. Oh, that that worries me a little bit, to be honest. Well, if so it's many... IR, then I guess like four player Smash Brothers, maybe. But are it, I mean, isn't it way more likely that you'll have interference with IR? I at least they they have two going, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's too early to to, to be bummed about that just yet, but. Uh, I think it's just cool that, you know, the, the traditional way you would take that controller, because you probably never, I mean, I don't even know if it would work if you only had one Joy-Con, like, with it or plugged in or whatever, but uh, you always have two controllers with you, uh, for, for at least many games anyway, obviously not the more complicated ones, but that's kind of a, a neat packaging decision, you know? 
Um, yeah, and then, it's, it's like from an engineering perspective, I thought that was super cool the way they did it. And you know, they're asymmetrical when they're on the system, but when you're using them as a pad, it's totally symmetrical. So that's pretty cool. Also. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, also exciting is um, the fact that there's split screen gameplay there. Okay, and you know, being Nintendo fans, we kind of grew up liking that aspect of things. You're not forced into having your own screen in uh, in Mario Kart or, or other games, and hopefully that propagates through the different multiplayer games. The next scene shows the basketball guys playing uh, their that basketball game. That was super game. cool, yeah. And that's neat, too, because now you have your full screen, because if, if your friends got one, which in the in, it's expected that we, many people will be able to do this, that you'll be able to actually just have your full screen experience because you they can do, like, wireless LAN right there, you know? This is this is one of my favorite features of this console. All the like land capabilities, yeah, in, in person land capabilities. It looks amazing. Like there's yeah. so many possibilities that you know, if you think about it, it's not that much different than just having multiple 3DSs. Right, right. But, but it kind of is. <laughs> but but you're able to have a separate controller, which is which is different than the 3DS. You're not stuck right. to to holding the screen, and uh, and also you're able to play you know maybe more elaborate home console type games. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, different. And, and and instead of having a link cable or a Wi-Fi connection, uh, maybe you can just land it, you know? Yeah. Uh, which would be pretty wild. And we don't know, I guess, for sure if we need a wireless connection, but out in the basketball no, 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 court, I, I don't think, I don't so. think you would 3DS, need it. Even the 3DS is ad hoc, right? You, you don't need to be connected to Wi-Fi to... Well, no, but I mean, you know, will will this need enough power, or will it have enough power, or, or will the connection be stable enough for bigger games? I guess that, that was my point, but... Um, Oh yeah, it, I think it should be because the data is not that much bigger, just because the game is more elaborate. It's right. Still a racing game or something. Right? Well, and then the scenes. I mean, Nintendo's trailer in general was brilliant because each scene tells you a lot more than it's just showing. And so, for guys to play this on a basketball court and to be in that setup, I mean, it really indicates that you wouldn't have a Wi-Fi connection necessarily out there on the basketball court. So, uh, it's it's pretty stellar that that you have this freedom. It really shows a sense of freedom. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that basically it seems you can use this in any configuration whatsoever. So the question I have, the only questions I have with that are, first of all, how many controllers can you connect to one screen? Second of all, how many systems can you land together? Because mm-hmm. imagine like, imagine playing Splatoon in, the eight, in an eight-player land with everybody with their own screen, you know? That, that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah. Or like some kind of first-person shooter or something, or just anything. Like, I, I think they really need to have some software that really takes advantage of that, especially like a first-person shooter like Call of Duty or something, like a local eight-player Call of Duty land, you know? That, yeah. that, could, that could be big. Well, and they definitely have plans to uh, to work on that, I think. I mean, if we skip ahead to the end of the, the trailer, uh, in what we hope is Splatoon, uh, or Splatoon 2, yeah. um, uh, you know, they have all these gamers planning attacks, and then they eventually go onto the big stage, and they, they, have each, they each have their own, right? And yeah, I guess that's their eSports kind of bid for esports right but but you know actually that right there maybe tells us uh they had eight people going up and each had their own screen was it eight people or was it four people it was four and four there was there four was and four two teams oh, okay the uh yeah. there seems to be at least four little spots for um you know player number indicator mm-hmm. on on the controller so i think that that would uh on the control which controller um because there's so many <laughs> on all of them or not, but I, uh, I know th- I know there were eight lights on the. Uh, there's something you there's like a grip that you put the Joy Cons into when, yes. you, when you're playing at home. So that thing had yes, eight LEDs. That one, you know, Was but I don't, 
it, there is eight. There's four on each side, but I don't know if they correspond to left one, right one, or if it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Maybe, but only one of them is lit up, from what I remember, right? What the image that I remember seeing, it had both of the number one slots on. So well, you know, one and five. even even if uh, even if you can have four controllers with one thing each, you could still play eight player games like Bomberman if they were making another Bomberman or something, right? <laughs> with, with one pad, right? Or Smash right. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although playing Smash Brothers with that little Joy-Con, I'm I'm very curious to see how that would go. Yeah, we should we should talk about that that little pad. I guess. But I mean, I guess it's got all the same inputs as a Wii remote on its side, right? Yeah, they're just all squashed into like one inch of space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, and, it's it's not exactly the same because um, there's a actual diamond layout because it it can also be used as a D-pad. Which one of the questions I had is I can see it uses a D-pad in that, but you can't use it as a D-pad when you're holding with two hands, right? Because then your right side is just an analog stick. But I think there's shoulder buttons also. I think there's at least two shoulder buttons on each one. Yeah. So that's an extra button. But how easy is that going to be to press when you're holding it in a sideways position? So this this controller is one of my one of my things that I'm a little bit worried about. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I am too. But and actually, I, I'm I'm more worried about it from a how much is all this stuff going to cost standpoint. But uh, it seems like there's so many configurations that they've already planned for because they they have those the Joy Cons they have. That little bridge thing that we were just talking about, but they yeah. also have that like clear black plastic uh, classic pro con- controller. Uh, yeah. Pro controller, yeah. So I think mm-hmm. that they're going to have a lot of a lot of options for whatever your situation is. I'm um, not worried about that. I'm just worried about the actual comfort level of that tiny, tiny of tiny the smaller joint. ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Um, too tiny. Too tiny. <laughs> But I think that they're kind of like, you know, it's kind of like uh, in a pinch, you know, like would the comfort, you know, if you're in that kind of situation where you got to use those, it's because you've got a lot of people around potentially. And so would the fun of playing with a lot of people locally kind of outweigh the comfort of that little little thing? And I think that it, it might in the what are realistically rare occasions that we're probably going to get that many people in the same room you, you, you don't have a rooftop full of people who are just waiting to play <laughs> rooftop full of hip friends yeah <laughs> full, of, full of people watching waiting to watch you play mario they were well, so cool they weren't necessarily watching her play mario i mean we don't know if she took mario over there but she takes mario over there and you can't see what's on the screen but suddenly her friend's playing as well so okay. that that speaks a little bit more maybe about uh the mario game having multiplayer Co-op as well yeah, yeah. yeah um so we can get to that maybe in a few moments but uh I think. I Wait, think I want it, to point out while while we mentioned the people on the rooftop, something yeah. that uh, that everybody's white was, and thirty e- years old. <laughs> <laughs> that I believe EZL has pointed out, but yeah, that there's no like little kids and there's no parents, there's no grandparents. You know, it's just like like it, it seems to be a very conscious effort for you know the back to the core, so to speak. Were there even kids uh, on the plane? No. <laughs> Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I think I think you're right. I think the this was an incredibly well done and well focused trailer because it's focused on, I guess, folks our age, you know, who I think they want to get involved again. Uh, folks who would play Sony and, and Microsoft consoles as well. Um, they didn't focus on the the they have the screen there, but unlike with the Wii U, where they're like, "Hey, kids, look, you can touch it and you can tap right. it." 
Now it's just like it's here, and it's here's why it's amazing because you can now play your your games elsewhere. But I, I do think that there is a touch capability to it. I think um, that's why they're not showing it is because they want to distance it as far as possible from any Wii U service. Right, exactly. They want to re- reset the uh, the ticker on this and get people involved again. And they know damn well that kids are going to like it. They know damn well that kids are going to buy it uh, or the parents anyway. But uh, they're going to have the games that'll support the the kids that they are always targeting. But I think they want to target broader. And even if they want your grandmother to play it or something like like they did with the Wii. I think it's uh, it's less of concern for them now, and maybe that's maybe that's uh, the new, you know, hierarchy there with a lot of having passed. You know, maybe there's Grand- some grandma's there. arthritic hands are not going to have an easy time with that controller. Or maybe that uh, yeah, maybe that's the whole reason. <laughs> like the Joy-Con's not good for grandma. Let's just not care anymore. It is good for kids though. Maybe even like like fetal kids. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe. Uh, let me know how that goes when you test that out. But uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was incredibly focused, and I think that for, especially when the hype has been here for so long and we've been waiting to see what the hell it's going to be, I think that was good that they didn't try to overly display it, who it's for. Yeah, I mean, I just at this point, I'm so tired of, you know, the room of, you know, family that was like, I don't know. Moving around, <laughs> like squirming and like yeah. moving as they play. Uh, yeah. No, but like... I mean, uh, it, and people who are like just like really overly trying, like you know, you know what fake video gaming looks like, oh, you know, yeah. like when they're all just like frantically pushing the buttons Button or whatever, and leaning and yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm so glad this this trailer, like they were just for the most part, like there was a little bit of that, but the, for the most part, they were just playing games the way that people play games. Like, yeah. even having that dude on the airplane with the split with the half of the controller in each hand and he's just like totally completely just slouched in his chair chill and it's just like that's that's yeah that's how that's how people play games <laughs> he's not smacking know? the guy next to him in the face with a joy con or something <laughs> right right and that's not to right. say that that won't be a feature of zelda that you could do that um like kind of kind of skyward sword like but i think nintendo knows they don't have to show us all that stuff right exactly they're selling the product not the experience and i think they know that the product will sell the experience yeah I can't. I can't wait to take my uh, Mario up to a rooftop party. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go subcon and go into the basement and play uh-huh. my Michigan basement, which is like I said, just dirt. So <laughs> that'd be great. It, it was. It was a bit much for me to think like. So it, it is good as much as they're getting away from the you know family in the in the room, but to think that like this like hip rooftop party where they're all like sipping wine is going to be like oh let's play some nintendo switch i like i like when the people playing basketball stopped playing basketball yes (laughs) (laughs) i guess that makes sense um yeah i guess that makes more sense in that sense joe but uh, well you'll notice that the guy he couldn't he couldn't dunk in real life he just had to kind of lay it in so (laughs) now in the game he can, you know, do that stuff. For the rooftop party, how did they get her attention in the first place? Because didn't she have, like, the blinds, or the shutter, or the drapes kind of closed? He was in her house, right? Yeah, it was like and then, a, she, and then she just looks apartment. across the way and happens to make eye contact with them. Who then wave her on, and she's like, oh, I'm yeah. bringing this. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that's what life is like in the big city. Yeah. It's yeah. just everyone's friends getting together. And, yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, that's just messaging. I mean, they can yeah. sort of portray it as whatever they want, but the system is still what mm-hmm. it is, right? And it is really good for kids, and it would also be like 
I was thinking it'd be like amazing for parents even. Like, who have to hold their baby or something and they, you know, they can never dedicate themselves to one specific time on the TV because they always have to go out and do something else or if they get a call or something. And now they can take it with them. Well, having just spent the uh, afternoon over at Plutes, uh, I need to ask him about how he feels about that because <laughs> that's exactly what his life is right now. But also for kids, it's amazing. Like, imagine, like, Imagine being at a recess with, you know, with, with this thing or like with Pokemon or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know what the kids are into these days. Minecraft? <laughs> Minecraft? <laughs> well, and Monster think, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that whole, uh, backseat Mario Kart thing, again, is something that people that age maybe won't be doing, but that little kids, I think it would make a lot of sense for. Well, yeah, are they going to sell that little slot that <laughs> it goes into? Like, where'd that come from? I don't know. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting. I'm, I'm sure they didn't make it just for this thing, right? But, I mean, kids, I that, that would be a good tool for kids in the car, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's going to be the Nintendo bracket. <laughs> Carport. But yeah. the actual, uh, oh, the, the actual unit itself, like, I think it looks it's pretty sleek. It looks a lot, um, slimmer and sleeker than the Wii U gamepad, you know? Which uh, mm-hmm. also feels kind of like plastic and easily breakable and creaky and stuff like that. But this thing, yeah. I like the look of it. The dock is kind of big, but it looks pretty cool still. It's interesting that they, I think, what do you guys think the dock will do? Um, a lot, some, a lot of people are saying, I think this makes sense, is that, uh, it's like a system on a chip from Tegra. So similar to the Nvidia Shield, or they put it also on iPads and stuff like that. But it's a custom Tegra, so, uh, I'm not sure about the power just as of yet, but people think that the uh, portable one will use less power and run at like a slower clock speed. And then when you dock it, it'll be cooled and supercharged around the higher clock speed and with no uh, heat draw from the screen also. So that's a pretty cool. I like the idea of that. I, I heard that, and people could be just talking out of their butts, but that there was nothing but charging for that dock. Like somebody said somewhere, that's all it does. I would feel well, like that's a missed opportunity, though. Even if, all, even if all they can do is turn off the screen and get the extra power from that, do you think it's still... Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not that the dock is doing something. It's that when you put it in the dock, it has a power source, so it doesn't have to worry about power wastage, and they don't have to power the screen. Right. So the dock's not necessarily doing... So this is this is one of my, one of my concerns also. I was wondering if they would sell the dock and the thing separately, because Nintendo also had a patent for that supplementary computing device or something, so you could plug one system into another system, and then they become like Voltron or whatever. <laughs> and hmm. uh, I don't know if anyone knows what Voltron is anymore, but... Um, yeah. Oh, but, I, like, I do. <laughs> go line. And... Uh, so I thought that I wondered if they would sell it separately because what if you want to have four kids playing? Do you want to buy four docks, you know? But it seems like to me that the dock will just be sort of like an interface kind of cheaper piece or something. So I guess they will okay. bundle it. And I mean, together. I figure they they have to have some kind of dock no matter what because if it's going to if it's going to be played on the TV, you can't I don't think that they would want it. Well, I guess that you could just lay it on its back, right? But yeah. um, you just throw it at the TV. I just feel like they would have a dock of some kind. And I think this is probably a standard. I think in, in the box you're going to get the dock, you're going to get the system, you're going to get both of those Joy-Cons, as well as the, the bridging device. Uh, I think it'd be great if they had a Classic Controller Pro version in there, I don't, too. I don't think that's going to happen, because no, it would, it's, it's it would increase the price too much, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but they're definitely going to have... Yeah. The stuff that he had playing Zelda, I mean, the, you're going to have that, I think. Yeah, so, you, you have to have it, I guess, to play at home and and out and about. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna have a package that's gonna limit you at all to do the basic uh, design of of that console and what it's intended to do. 
So what's the point of that grip? Is it like, uh, is it that the IR doesn't work when you're that far away from the unit and it's blocked? Um, so what, because the grip is for power and wireless, wirelessly transmitting, right? And like the the controllers work with the system without any sort of power, right? Like they probably charge when they're connected to the system, right? So is the is the grip because the IR doesn't work from a long distance and when it's when it's in the dock? I don't know. That's a good good question. Or is it or, just comfort? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Don't um, know. It, it could be power too. Yeah. It could be. I guess it could be. I guess it could be a, a multitude of things. You, I could see it going a bunch of ways. So I don't really want to say either way what I think it is. But yeah, maybe it's like a Bluetooth transmitter or something like that. And it's power. Right. Yeah. Maybe so you have a more secure connection when yeah. you're uh, when you're playing at home. Because there must be some limitation to those little controllers that just magically pop off the thing, you know? Yeah. Unless, otherwise they'd be super super expensive and draw a lot of power. Right, right. Do you think that those are going to have motion controls in them? Yeah, I do. Probably. Because why not, right? I I hope they do. Because, I mean, again, like we were talking about with the IR uh, and motion control, like aiming of shooter games and stuff like that, like I really want to still have that capability. And I think if, if, if Nintendo has this system, with motion controls in those Joy-Cons and a touchscreen that's even a better touchscreen than the, the Wii U gamepad, they would be creating like the ultimate culmination of their ideas for the past decade plus. And I think it would be an incredible seller. Yeah, and uh, every screen is almost a touchscreen these days. And those motion chips, like, how cheap are those now after Nintendo's been using them for whatever? Yeah, quite cheap, I believe. I think gyroscopic controls are, are in a lot of devices that don't even necessarily need it. Yeah, I mean, why not just throw it in there? It costs almost nothing. Instead of throwing it into a car- into each cartridge that you want in some game that uses it, just oh. throw it. <laughs> right. Like the, some of the old like DS and uh, yeah, exactly. Game Boy games had. You might um, as well just well, put it in the system, be- yeah. Because that's what people were wondering. Like, if this... You need that for Splatoon to be Splatoon, right? You have to have well, motion. You really do. But, but I mean, oh, oh, I think they have motion, but... I, I don't think they'll have that jumping thing with the touchpad. Because because not everyone thinks that there's motion in these. Now it could just be as you said earlier that they just didn't show it because they're trying to kind of distance themselves from that. But right. because because um, people asked them about it specifically and they said we're not going to talk about it. They didn't say we don't have it. Okay. They said we're not talk about it. They did say we don't have backwards compatibility, I think, but they didn't say we don't. Yeah, have I was. I'm not surprised about the Wii U, but I was kind of really hoping that it would play 3DS games because I. I mean, like natively, uh, uh, the cartridges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but I think the slot is totally different. They'd, they'd have to include a, an entire another slot just for 3DS stuff. Yeah. Because this is gonna be I more. I mean, it is different, but come on. <laughs> no, I mean uh, it's just like N- Nintendo has had such a good a good history of backwards compatibility, and it has done like jack shit for them. <laughs> you know, that's in, true. In the market, but I just I, there are yeah. so many 3DS games that I just I wish that I could play with the room of people. You know, that's true. But and, I think I think it'll have possibly uh, a virtual console. Oh, so I'll get it'll to have one, again. and there will be like a game a month that they'll release, and it'll be yeah. fantastic. No, but so, like. Uh, yeah. Is Professor Layton and the Azran Legacy gonna gonna be? When's that happening? Because that's Cause my because it, it's hard to find. That's, that's the no. I have it, but that's the only Professor Layton game we haven't finished because we got about fifteen percent in, and we were both so tired of huddling around the 3ds. 
that we we basically literally at the time were just like let's just hold out hope that the uh next system is a hybrid and can play this game <laughs> well you know like uh what was i gonna say i, I was thinking that the 3ds and the wii u are gonna be like collector's items eventually because they pretty much are compatible with all of nintendo's previous hardware and uh the nx is like or whatever the switch is a new thing so so those are going to be the best systems in terms of compatibility with old cartridges and all that sort of shit, right? And old discs and stuff. And uh, the Switch is going to be something new, you know? So so they, they might become kind of collector's items. Like the mm-hmm. DS like the DS Lite was the le- the most current way to play Game Boy Advance games. Yeah. Right, right. For me, I mean, I, I definitely would like to see some sort of backwards compatibility if, if it was there. Or I definitely can appeal to those desires from other folks. But in my history, I don't really use backwards compatibility very much when it's available. So I don't use it that much either, but especially in the start of the console's life, it's nice to have. Well, and that could be true unless we find that they've actually got a stellar launch lineup. You know, we really don't know yet, but uh, maybe we won't care. Well, I think, yeah, so a lot of people are wondering whether Mario Kart, which they showed, and Splatoon are ports and whether Smash Brothers will be ported over or they new games or something. Uh, well, Mario Kart, it almost, they almost showed too much for it to be just a port because they showed a new character and two items, Switch, yeah. mm-hmm. Switch functionality. So, um, and not only that, but it was last, it's been a long time since the last Mario Kart game. But and, on the same uh, token, some yeah. of the graphics uh, of like announcing what stage they were on looked very, very similar to Mario Kart 8. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they're using a lot of the same assets and stuff. And In fact, here's the thing, is that, like, do you guys think this looks any more powerful than a Wii U at all, from what they've shown? <laughs> I, it, There's nothing that really I can point to. Well, that's a little unfair to say so far. I don't, and I don't, I don't think I really have an eye for that kind of stuff. Like, it, it's funny to me, someone was like, I was listening to a podcast where they were like, Oh, I can't believe they even showed the uh, Breath of the Wild in the way that they did because the frame rate was like ten frames per second or something like that. It's like I didn't even notice. Like I don't even know what they're talking about. Well, you know, like the last time Nintendo came out with a system that had similar-looking games but a different sort of gimmick or mechanic or something was the Wii, and that worked out pretty well for them. <laughs> you know, That's I don't true. think the gra- I don't think graphical power is necessarily the most important thing, but I'm just curious, like. You know, if if you look at it one way, it looks like there's almost no advancement for the Wii U, so why would I upgrade? But right. if you think of it as a replacement for the 3DS also, you're actually jumping right. from the 3DS to the Wii U in a portable format. Right. right. Which is pretty amazing. The only reason why I care about horsepower at all is has nothing to do with quality of games in general, uh, or Nintendo games, certainly, because... I, d- I think part of the reason why I can so easily be a Nintendo gamer is because I feel like, you know, the, the, the craftsmanship of that game is so, so much more important than, you know, all the technical things that, that you can do with more horsepower. However, and I know we've had this conversation a hundred times, but I, I don't need like every third party game. I don't need like complete third party parity with the other systems, but, I would really like to live in a world where I can have or I can buy the Nintendo system that I want and feel like there's a decent chance any given third party game might be on the system. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's, that's obviously just, a huge thing because uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, sort of disappointing feeling like that the horsepower is just going to make it like a total impossibility. It, and even if it's not impossible, then third parties might not even want to try, right? Right. Up until now, that's there has been a split. I mean, you 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 hear from everybody, and even I'm I'm this way with my uh, Xbox consoles. You you are a Nintendo plus something else, and really what they've shown so far and with that big old list of people who have signed up to work on games for the system and of course i'm sure there will be drop off yeah but I exactly think that, like they showed a very similar list yeah yes and the wii u right i feel so, like they kind of always do that sort of thing yeah but but you know like worst worst case scenario you get all of nintendo's handheld output and all of nintendo's home console output on one platform right and even with that i think it'll be a lot 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 better in terms of library because like instead of making two mario kart games like that ead team can make one mario right. kart game iterate on it and make an f0 game iterate on that they can explore franchises that um, that they haven't touched for a while they can uh, try new stuff ton- tons of new stuff it's like they don't have to keep duplicating their output on each platform right? In Mario, well, 2D Mario games, 3D Mario games. What gives me the most hope with this third-party list, though, beyond the obvious kind of lamenting that you guys just did, is <laughs> uh, and, and it's it's rightfully so. I understand from our history why you would you would say that, but there are. It's not that the list is just the third parties that have done something for Nintendo in the past and then dropped off because they didn't have a, a market there. Um, I didn't, you know, like I said before, I didn't get a chance to like look at each individual person and see um, what games they've done in the past. But a couple that I got through. They've got like maximum games, okay? They've announced that they would be a part of this, and they make Farming Simulator 2017. You know, a game that would never touch a Nintendo console ever. Maybe that game could be on the system. Uh, Arc System Works. They've made Guilty Gear games. They made Persona 4. Uh, they actually do support uh, Nintendo platforms a lot with different kind of. Games. Well, then never freaking mind my point. <laughs> no, I mean, well, what kind of games do they do on the Nintendo? Do you know? You know, like those family tennis games. They do a ton of eShop games. Oh, okay, that kind of shit. So, okay, so they but, do... But, you know, like, uh, all the indies, I think, will be pretty, pretty big on the platform. Like, Western indies, at, yeah. at the very least. Yeah. It's stuff like Spelunky and, you know, all these uh, PC multiplayer games, which are super fun and would be super fun on the system because you could play them portably, like Towerfall and... Nidhogg and Duck Game and stuff like that. I think all that kind of stuff will show up on the system, which is almost equally important to me, or more important, actually, these yeah. days. I mean, okay, so maybe my point isn't incredibly uh, thought out yet, but um, still, like Telltale Games, for example. There's not a single Telltale game on Nintendo console that I can think of. Is that and true? I, I, th- I thought there were a couple on disc collections or something, but yeah, but not all of them come for sure. I don't, I don't think they ever came. I mean, if someone wants to clarify that for me, I know I can look after the show, but uh, you know, I've always played my Walking Dead by Telltale or my um, The Wolf Among Us and those kind of games. I've played those on Steam. Yeah, because... the uh, more recent ones aren't aren't on Nintendo platform. Okay, but so I, I guess I'm just saying that it's not all the traditional people who always vouch for Nintendo at first and then drop off. I mean, there's a lot of names that I don't even recognize because they've just never really been Nintendo supporting. So, and, and that's exciting that people are wanting to sign up for this. And maybe Nintendo's going out trying to encourage these folks to come. Um, yeah, I mean, like whatever, whatever we get is is good. I think there will be at least like indie support and some stuff like that to continue the Wii U thing, but stronger. And if it if it does well, then maybe more support. And like you know, whatever we get is fine. But I'm just not going to keep my hopes too high in this case. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to start pre-ordering uh, in my head, you know, Farming Simulator for <laughs> uh, the Switch. But 
But but like you you talked about Telltale Games. Yeah. Uh, you said that they do put stuff on iPad and mobile platforms. Mm-hmm. So um, the, there's another thing they haven't revealed yet is what the connection is between the uh, Switch and any kind of mobile platform or Android or because it has a Tegra chip. You know, so this could be one of the secret things that they haven't revealed yet is how like can you play Super Mario Run on it? Can you play all their uh, mobile games on it? Can you play other mobile games on it? So. Take a quick step back, if you would. Uh, I feel like I should know this already. I mean, I have an Android phone, so maybe I'm I'm more involved than I realize. But the Tegra chip, why is that relevant to mobile gaming exactly? Uh, that's the architecture that they run on. So even if uh, Nintendo doesn't have uh, the Android OS or something, if it has the same architecture, then you could probably port over the games like super, super easily. I mean, okay. yeah, it, it might not be exactly the same chip. It might be a more powerful version of the same chip. But, like, that's another cool thing, like, what if we get all the board games and stuff that come to, uh, like, you know, tablets and stuff like that? That would be pretty. If I could play Ticket to Ride on my Switch, I'd be so psyched. Yeah, exactly. Ticket to Ride, like Carcassonne, all that. Yeah, kind of... that'd be awesome. That's like one of the best uses for a tablet for me is those digital board games. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And 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 to your point though, even if we just get the same support that we've gotten in the past, uh, you know, couple or at least in this last generation, from in terms of uh, the the companies. I think it'll be pretty prolific for for me anyway. I mean, I I do wish that more games or certain games would be on Nintendo consoles, and I I know there's been missed opportunities, but I've still had a lot to play across my uh, Wii U and 3DS. So if if we've got those guys on board already, and then we're just trying to get more, I think there's a really strong lineup. Uh, ahead. Yeah, I don't think the support could get much worse than the, the Wii U. And- <laughs> that's that's another way to say it, but I think you're right. And even the 3DS these days, it's like. Just Western companies don't really support handhelds anymore, you know. But I think the most important thing for mainstream appeal is this. This is something I've learned from like also looking at my nephews who are like big jackos now. <laughs> it's like you need to have those sports games. You need to have. Uh, there's some other kids that I saw that all they played was Call of Duty and Clash Royale and Minecraft. You need to have just those couple. You need to have sports franchise. You need to have Minecraft. You need to have Call of Duty and all that kind of stuff. As long as you have that, then it becomes way more appealing to a huge sector of the audience, you know, and they could get that and at least some experimental ones. And hopefully the audience actually picks it up and buys it and supports it and stuff like that. Hopefully people want to play call of duty and take it with them and then play multiplayer against other people in school and take Minecraft and take it with them. And like monster hunter, you can link up with four other people and play Minecraft in your own world or something. So, you know, Minecraft, let's talk about that for a quick second. My nephews love that series. All right. And it's really cool to see them, build things the way that they do and it it feels like a a true like lego successor but digitally um but it's a microsoft owned property and they they finally license it out to nintendo to use and that's why nintendo finally got it on their system um my, minecraft on the switch would be a really awesome thing i know my nephews would eat the shit out of it and uh gross yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but but do you think that if this system is really that popular and the way that it functions and everything, could you see any other franchises from Microsoft or Sony wanting to just get that extra market share by actually licensing things out to Nintendo? Is that not is that, really, but, but Minecraft no? is a different thing. Minecraft, they bought it after the fact and they have licenses out to everything and they don't really restrict themselves beyond, you know, prioritizing things that will sell more. Or something. Okay. So it's, you think that it just, they, they took control of it, but they, you know, it wasn't their own baby. So they didn't want to, yeah, that's why they well, have a problem sharing it. The exception is uh, 
the exception is uh, if Microsoft really kind of does ditch the console thing after a while and just blends it with PC, but that doesn't seem to be working out too well for them, so I don't think they really will. Yeah. But for third-party support, I, I hope that even though it looks like exactly the same as the Wii U from what we've seen so far graphically, I hope that it can kind of hang with the PS4, Xbox One base level, even the Xbox One or something, just cool. as long as it has something that's easy to port to and the third parties can support it, you know? That's what I think we're hearing. Uh, I don't know how legit that information I, I don't is. Think, I, I don't think anyone really knows anything because they say it's a Tegra chip, but they won't say which Tegra chip. They say it's a custom chip, but they don't really give that much detail. I mean, the Wii U is a custom chip, too. I hope but. it's chocolate. <laughs> um, but even, you know, even if uh, if they're on par with the PS4 and Xbox One, it's like, I mean, the Wii U got a few games that were, you know, like we got those early, like we got Assassin's Creed Four, and we got a right, couple people of, tried with the Call of Duty and stuff like that. Well, and we got like a couple of games that had like recently, you know, fairly recently been on other systems like the Batman game and uh, Mass Effect 3 and, or whatever. And one Mass Effect game for the same price. Yeah. Mass Effect games on the other. I mean, well, so, this those, is, yeah. so this is what I'm wondering is that like how, how much, like how much juice can we kind of squeeze out of like, well, oh. if it is on par with PS4 and Xbox one in March of 2017, is that, is that enough? Like, does that? Oh yeah, but that, like, does that do us any good, really? Well, you're saying for late ports, but like, like with the Wii U, it got late ports, which are never going to sell very much, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not talking about ports necessarily, but rather stuff that comes day and date with the other system. So yeah, and that's are, and that's that's what I'm wondering: is that even going to be enough? With are you assuming because, that the, that the Pro, the PS4 Pro, and this Xbox Scorpio will actually take off, or that things will just start going in a direction that? Uh, Let's say the low end of a PS4, Xbox One will no longer be the standard. Do you know what I mean? Like, but the only way that can be that cannot be the standard is if people start playing on their PCs, or if the PS4 Pro and the Xbox Scorpio take off. But I don't think companies will ever abandon the Xbox One and the PS4 base models because people would get pissed off. You know? Can you imagine if three years after you buy your console, someone's like, "Oh, we're not supporting." You. Well, that's right. kind of why that gamble right there is why I decided to get an Xbox One S and not wait for the Scorpio. Because I think that the Xbox One S, the way, it's, the way that they're presenting it to me anyway, is that it's going to be around for a long time and that they don't really plan to move too far beyond it. Well, the Scorpio, time. they keep saying the Scorpio is way more powerful than the PS4 Pro. The PS4 Pro is, seems like it's just a little skip and a jump ahead of the PS4. But they also say that the games that you can play on Xbox One S and Scorpio are supposed to be like the same ones. I don't think they've really talked about and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that they did not have tons of planned exclusivity in terms of the Scorpio. It just it would be able to be no, cleaner as, and crisper. As, as far as now, they're they're not planning exclusive software, but who who would trust them? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even know what the hell they're doing exactly. <laughs> like, do they want people to buy it or not buy it? Because if they don't right. make any incentive for people to buy it, then what's the point of having it? Comes with free cheese whiz. Yeah. I really, I really think those things are a huge misstep in a way. Like, why don't well, they just so, yeah. So then, how how long do you think that 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 sort of extension of this generation will will be around? How many years do you think that that sort of buys us? That's at a good this question. Level? But at least at least three years or something. And here's the thing: yeah. is that Wii U graphics are good enough, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. 
I don't think I don't think people really need more for basketball or whatever. Like, if you can take it portably and play it, like as long as third parties can port over their games in a in a in a nice fashion that doesn't look terrible or something, I think it makes a strong case for itself. You know, like right. would would you want the slightly better graphics version or the version you can take with you? And you know, like a game like Destiny that I was talking about, which there's a lot of grinding for like loot and stuff like that, right? Like, how yeah. awesome would it be to just take your console with you and, and grind on the road? Like, not that I <laughs> like the thing about grind, not, not that I like the idea of grinding in general, but yeah. it's the perfect thing for it. Like an RPG, you know, any kind of loot game. Like, and every game is based is focused towards that these days. Like every game is becoming like a service where you have to just keep playing the same stuff over and over well, again, single player, because otherwise people sell it back. Here's one quick side note, not to digress, but will this thing have Street Pass? Will it have, of course, yeah, yeah, um, and, a pedometer on it, you know, to track how long you've traveled with it, or it doesn't need a specific uh, pedometer, but it could use the, it could use whatever motion controls it has to monitor. The yeah, thing. yeah. Historically, the console battle has always been over graphical capability. I mean, for the most part, right? No, I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's actually decided the victor. That's what. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Off. But that's yeah. usually what what creates like okay, now it's time for new generation because we have the technology to make better graphics, so we're going to do that to show up our our competitors. And then Nintendo started diverting from that, saying, "Yeah, we're never going to catch up with you guys. We're going to do some other cool stuff," and that created like a rift. Um, but at this point, between Sony and Microsoft, to I guess maybe to your point or to, or not, but is this a point where maybe graphics aren't going to be the 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 push anymore. Now we, you've got the Kinect coming out. Microsoft's trying to do their own thing as far as uh, controller input and interactivity. Nintendo obviously has their own gimmick. Sony's been kind of staying the course. Uh, they, don't, they don't have to. It's all PR spin, right? Sony doesn't have to say much because they're winning right now. But it's like it's just everyone's going to say what benefits them the most, right? I mean, and but. The, the the question is what people are going to appreciate more, and people don't really care about the most cutting edge graphics. And I think eventually they're going to get sick of the types of games we're getting on PS4 and Xbox One because there's not that much novelty or new stuff there besides Beyond VR, I guess. Or yeah, I think that'll be, be definitely a new um, a new rift in the in the series, but or not series in the uh, in competition and everything. But uh, I think you're right though. I think it's less about that these days, and it's more about what can you do that that makes me interested beyond what you've been doing? Yeah, because like I don't know what you guys what you guys think, but for me, like the gaming industry has become like incredibly boring for the last couple of years. Like, and I almost not like VR is kind of interesting, but there's three competing or four competing, you know, uh, standards or platforms, and nobody wants to be a cut <laughs> in the middle of that. And uh, oh, and also, uh, if Nintendo eventually does come out with a tiny, smaller handheld. Uh, with the same chipset, then maybe that'll be eligible for VR too. Yeah, as far as VR is concerned, I mean, for me, this is just a personal uh, anecdote, but I'm completely not interested in it at all because I know it's not in my price point. So until yeah, so it's it's incredibly expensive. There's not that many games. There's not gonna be that many games. Like, will it ever be get like a critical mass of of consumers to support the games? Probably not. Yeah. Not for a long ass time. And not only that, but the technology isn't mature. Like, they'll come out with better versions of it and better versions, and it's not anywhere near mature. I mean, it, it is uh, kind of cool because I played it, but it's not ready for prime time, no matter what people say. And I'm almost surprised that so many developers and third-party developers have supported that rather than, like, the Wii U or whatever. Like, hopefully they'll take a little bit of a chance on the Switch or something because, you know. Well, maybe they'll find, like that, a bad investment, yeah. maybe they'll find that it's safer for them to 
while they may dabble in VR, it might be safer for them to, to back up into the Switch world and, uh, you know, and not risk losing that market share that they've been enjoying. Yeah. I mean, how much does it cost EA to, like, to port over a version of their game that people can take with them and play their dumb franchise modes or whatever <laughs> when they're on the school bus or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the payoff for the player is huge. Potential. Yeah. Right. So it has a lot of potential, but I even thought the Wii U had a lot of potential, but I felt like not a lot of third parties actually took advantage of it. Like on the Wii, third parties did some interesting things, but on the Wii U, barely any did except for indies and stuff, you know, but hopefully they, they will on the Switch because it's, it's, it doesn't take that much of like a mental leap in order to take advantage of the system, right? You just make a game that runs on it and people can take it wherever they go. For they me, don't have to, yeah. For me, what kind of secures my hype for this is that Compared to the Wii U, is I think the Wii U underused what was special about it, and I think Nintendo was at fault for that as well. Um, here with the Switch, I think by default it can't underuse itself because it's so it's so it's more integral to the experience than than ever. And uh, I think I think I think we're we're way more likely to see a Wii type hype than a Wii U. Well, you know, like uh, that's so important, like. Um the public sort of reaction to it, because the Wii U was just decimated by public opinion almost as soon as it was revealed, you know? Mm-hmm. Or people were confused yeah. and didn't know what it was, and that's pretty much stayed yeah. there and pretty much doomed the system. You know, it's like a self-fulfilling... Even the Wii, it was incredibly successful, but there was so much negativity, it was kind of like... it's, it's It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy towards the... You know, that it, that it was a fad. People kept saying it was a fad. It lasted for four years or something, and then eventually all the negativity wins out, you know, because you, you can't keep going forever. But... Yeah. So, like, uh, have, you, have you seen the articles and stuff about the, the reception of the Switch? Uh, not really, no. It seems to be kind of mixed so far. Like, a couple analysts are saying that you know, they're down at it, but a couple analysts are positive on it, or whatever. But, you know, what I hope the, the What are the downs? Like, what is the... Uh, is there a prevailing sort of concern? Because like, I can't really imagine what it would be. Other Battery than maybe power is the only thing I could Concern, yeah, stuff like that. Uh battery power, the amount of power in the system, um, whether it'll get support, or whatever, but, yeah. you know, like... See, the yeah. battery power thing to me, I, like, I have heard that a little bit, but I, I said this back when Pokemon Go was draining everybody's phones. I feel like I, I don't really understand that complaint so much, because don't do we not live in a world where, like, everyone needs to be hand you know arm's length from a charger for their yeah, phone these, these days there are a lot more. anyway so it's like yeah stuff you know we, we keep sort of expecting higher and higher performance from our handheld technology it takes power so yeah my car has an actual two-pronged plug in it like a wall yeah, plug you know I mean? right yeah so i can always just plug it in yeah That's i mean too. sure it's it would be better if you could you know walk through the desert and play a game the whole time or something. But, uh, you know, it's like you'll be able to take it somewhere and then you'll have to find a plug for a little while and then you'll be able to take it somewhere else. It's like, yeah, no, it's, it's true. I think, I think people are just concerned whether it'll find an audience or not. So, so what do you guys think? Do you think like the mainstream, this device can get a mainstream audience? Sure. I think so. I mean, anything could, but do you think it will? (laughs) I think if they continue to market it as as such, I think it can. And uh, yeah, 
But I don't know. I'm I'm always more optimistic than everyone else. So I think it yeah, has you, to. <laughs> yeah, Stephen. Stephen, I'm so glad. I love doing this with someone who is optimistic, and I I like to. Even though I'm, especially these days, I'm not the most optimistic person <laughs> or gamer. But but that's what I listen to is like podcasts with optimistic people and stuff like that. But um, I I guess just to yeah. I I mean I'm not so sure. Only because I don't know what Nintendo could do at this point. Because I feel like Nintendo is in such a odd situation where it's like they've got this, you know, these rapidly passionate core fans, you know, people who just love Nintendo. And then it, it just feels these days like it's, and then there's everyone else, you know, it's like there are just, so many like, people. Yeah, there's such a there's such a like sentiment in the general gaming population of like you know, Nintendo is not for serious gamers. It's like, oh, it's you know, may- maybe it's like a fun little side thing every now and then, but you know, the the real action is is on these other, you know, is on PC and PlayStation yeah, and and Microsoft. That's why, yeah. So, I don't know what you do to to undo that other than i do think like i said it's a really good step that in this first introduction they didn't you know they didn't do the same thing of the you know family in the room and the little kids showing the grandparents yeah so i think and i think that this system doesn't really have a gimmick which might seem weird given that it's so quirky but the, the the gimmick so to speak is is a purely practical one you know it's just like um you know it's it it doesn't it's not something that it seems someone can shoehorn a game mechanic into do you know what i mean well but we we still don't know i mean isn't there still some unrevealed thing that they haven't talked about i'm not sure i kind of hope not i mean other other than (laughs) really i well i know that there's um there's like a there's like a home button and then there's like a mystery button that people don't know if it's a share button or if it's something else entirely. Right. Um, but other than that, well, rather than a gimmick, it's a trade off, right? You're trading power for convenience and portability. Mm-hmm. Right. So it it doesn't necessarily have a gimmick as of now, but that's why I was saying what they can do is I'm not really I don't know if I'm optimistic, but here's my happy pessimistic view is that. If the most we ever get is Wii U level third third party support and all of Nintendo's games on one platform, right? That's like way more than enough for me, right? Like that, that's huge, and just having all their support on one platform is huge, yeah. Because they can support it really well, just all, almost on their own. But if they want to get the mainstream thing, that's why I was saying they have to get those couple franchises at launch, and they have to be good. They have to get Minecraft. They have to get sports games. They have to get Call of Duty. They have to get Destiny or whatever, you know. Well, and think about that, too. So here we are hoping that this does better than the Wii U because the Wii U was subpar, but the 3DS was not subpar. And if you've got both sides filtering towards this one destination, uh, I think that almost could guarantee a success. Do you think third party was good on the um, 3DS, though? Um, Only if you like RPGs, right? Yeah, honestly, to be honest, most of my games are not third party on on, uh, the 3DS. I probably have more third party support on the Wii U. Really? Yeah. Well, with you know all the nindies and everything that we we've seen. Uh, you know to coin that phrase. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I honestly think that Western independent developer developers will support the platform because it's the perfect platform for them. Just like they support the Vita, you know. And this is like 
way more appealing to them. They could publish a home game and a mobile game at the same time. And yeah. I think that's super important. And also for my tastes, it's really good. Also. Well, and to think about it, I mean, you might be able to cut your development times uh, down because you're not developing two different platforms. You're just doing the one, but it appeals to two different types of gamers. I mean, I think that's incredibly The alternative enticing. is supporting like the PS4 and the Vita with different versions and tons yeah. of development time and different right. I mean, you're not even looking at different aspect ratios. I mean, it it is the same thing. Yeah. You know, so your resolutions are the same. I I, I would wonder. I, that's what I'm curious about with the, you know, when it's detached and you're playing on the screen, is is it even the same? Is it is it a 1080p screen on that thing? You know. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be 720p is the rumor, but even that's pretty good for a portable screen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, the other issue is uh, Japanese support, which uh, it could be huge with. But <laughs> I thought the same thing for the Wii U in a way, but this is actually better because it's not just pretend portable; it's literally portable. Right. right. So, um, it could it could get pretty much every single Japanese thing because Japanese, uh, they play a lot of mobile phone games, but what's left of the video game market is a lot of it's handheld and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. PS4 never really got running and stuff like that. And at the very least, if they retain stuff like Monster Hunter, which could be like just beastly on this thing, you know. Do you like Monster Hunter? I can't tell. Yeah, I, I love Monster Hunter. <laughs> That's like the fifth time you brought it up. So. No, because isn't that the, it's such a huge franchise in Japan? And can you sure, that of this, course. On this platform? Yeah. Like, uh, well, and as people were saying, you know, someone was saying it's been like because of its popularity in Japan and in that handheld culture that the game has sort of been held back by, um, you know, being limited by, uh, you know Graphics what a handheld stuff. device can do, but that now they feel like it. You know, it really would be a. They'd be able to have like really nice, uh, you know, visuals in a Monster Hunter game, which the series is not necessarily known for. I mean, it it does have nice animations and stuff. I bet all the models they have for the monsters and stuff are pretty high quality already. But but yeah, like I think Capcom liked in a way not having to break the bank and not having to go broke every time they released That's a Monster true. Hunter game. That's true. But, I don't think it would take that much work to make it look nice on, on the Switch or whatever. And uh, well, for local play, yeah. Well, play? and let me introduce this idea, because I have heard a, a lot of people saying, like, oh, you know, we'll get the 3DS amount of games and the Wii U amount of games, at least first party. But it's got to be, instead of, like, times two, it's got to be, like, times 1.5, right? Because the development time for a 3DS game will not you know, will be much shorter than. Well, think than about this, the types of right? games that are on 3DS. You have a point, but think about the types of games that are on 3DS. Were most of them really aiming to be from Nintendo? I mean, were most of them aiming to be super high quality console games, or are they just those kind of games that right. are suited, like Mario Golf or something? Like right. Okay. So then, is it more of a? And this is you know something Nintendo has done before, but where you'll have like really distinct price tiers for these games, where you'll have like. You know, here's like a question. I'm not thirty sure. or forty dollar game because you. I, I don't think it would be. Well, 3ds I mean, games they charge forty bucks, right? Right, you know? right. And uh, Wii U games they charge sixty. Right. So would they have? I mean, I could see maybe. Yeah, I could see even something as, as small as like a fifty dollar price point in a sixty or a forty five or something like that. Sure, I could see like Advance Wars coming out at like forty bucks or something. Yeah, because I I really hope. I really, really, really hope that they keep those sort of mid-level 
games. Like those are those are think, my favorite. I think Nintendo's games. the only people. I think Nintendo is one of the only companies keeping those alive. I mean, even on the yeah. Wii U, they have um, they have forty dollars games like Captain Toad and Kirby and the Rainbow. Right, 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 right. But yeah. but even like some of the what ends up being like third party. Like I was just looking at my 3ds games because you were wondering about um, first third party there. Like Rhythm Thief and Final Fantasy Explorers and you know some of the Etrian Odyssey games and stuff. Like those are the ones. Like I, I need those. I need that level of game. You know, I don't. I don't want everything to just be Destiny and then like Angry Birds or something. You know, like. Oh no, I, I was just talking about for mainstream support, but for my own taste, like yeah, the, the Japanese yeah. is huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only that, I, where, where else do they have to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could go broke trying to develop a PS4 game and take like eight years doing it. Like Square, don't they ever learn their lesson? <laughs> <laughs> Like, why do they keep trying to do this to, like, outdo themselves in terms of visuals and shit like that? It's like, they're not gonna, it's just not a sustainable thing, you know? Yeah. Why not just make a game with a good story? I know. Decent. What do you guys, uh, I mean, we probably should wrap this up, uh, because I know you got, uh, some places to be on and put some. Oh, yeah, I actually, uh, yeah, we, we should still wrap it up, but the flight got delayed, so. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Um, well, not good for them, but, um, (laughs) Uh, my, you know, one of my last questions right now, because we pretty much hit all, all the really major things, is um, but what about uh, region lock? They've been kind of toying with this idea. They're not maybe... going to talk about it. I mean, everybody wants them to drop it, and maybe they will drop it because what's the what's the big advantage of keeping it really? And now it, it would be more important than ever to drop it because supposing the system gets really good Japanese support. Right? I mean, wh- imagine getting on a plane with it and then buying a game for it in Japan and then coming back, you know. I mean, yeah, I say that kind of like a joke, but I mean, that is one small so, plus to it, right? You but can actually the games from here now. But go ahead. Well, isn't the whole idea with with region lock that that the you know that if someone if the if the game comes out in Europe a week early and everyone buys it on Amazon or whatever it is, that then the North American sales, sales will take a hit. Yeah, and and that, uh, so they do why it. Why does so Nintendo that, care? Well, because the everyone along that chain is gonna is gonna care yeah. is not gonna want to work with Nintendo if they. Well, but but everybody else has no region lock, right? So, I mean, it, does Nintendo care either way? Well, it seems like um, Nintendo of America would care, you know, because uh, they they function as a separate business unit, so they would they would want their game to succeed and be able to fund their branch of Nintendo. Uh, but I if, think. But but do you think it would really hurt the sales of Nintendo? Well, that's, Games? That's what I was wondering. That's the only reason I brought it up was because that's that's the that's the only reason that I that I know of, and so I'm just curious how much that reason still. You mean is you a mean factor. from a logical perspective? I think yeah, it's yeah, like that's a good perspective. <laughs> I think it's it's the different uh, like currency rates and trading rates, and they kind of messing around with that kind of stuff with how much they okay. get or something. But okay, but, you know, everyone else is allowing it, and why not? Like. It's good for us, and I don't think uh, I don't think I would never buy like an early version of Zelda, just because it's in Japan. Like I would wait for the properly treehouse localized version or whatever. I don't I know. Get those memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I think part of its appeal too is how many games are exclusive to a region. Um, yeah. If, if they if they cut down on that and they and they try to release games simultaneously around the world like they've been doing with some Amiibo. Um, and they just kind of 
curtail the, the this region gets this game and this game doesn't, or this region doesn't, then it really becomes uh, even less of a concern. Yeah, that's the whole thing is that I have, I have pretty much generally kind of faith in Nintendo to localize most games these days, but if it gets a lot of Japanese support, I know there'll be a ton of stuff that I want to play that won't come over here. Yeah, and I do, like, look, I, I, I would be the first one waving the flag for not region locking because there's so many games where, like, if region locking wasn't a thing with some of these Nintendo systems, like, I would have learned some basic Japanese by now and just. Yeah, I, I, you know. I want to learn it just to. I mean, I, I, I started, but I want to learn it so I can play, play games and read comic books <laughs> like an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, without having to wait for that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, another sort of semi-non-related point, like, when the hell are they going to localize Cul-de-Sup? Have you guys played Cul-de-Sup? I remember hearing about that a number of years ago, and everyone was freaking out about it, and then I don't. Then I totally haven't heard it's from it. It's Cul-de-Sup? Since. I've never, never heard of it. <laughs> Cul-de-Sup. <laughs> no, I, I feel like maybe I've heard it once. There was an, there's a localized Xbox 360 version. It's like it's a really fun card game, and Nintendo basically has the rights to it. And the last couple entries have been published by them in Japan, and has online play, and it's like super deep and super fun, and you know, accessible and stuff. And they just refuse to localize it. It's like maddening, especially with like Hearthstone and stuff like that doing so well, you know. But whatever. That's that's why we need region free. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're gonna say anything about it for a while. Hopefully, they do. I mean, I. I don't see what advantage there is in them not doing it at this point, to be honest. I mean, do you guys know what Nintendo's take on it? Like, what their official stance has been? They, they always used to allow it with handhelds up to the DSi. Yeah. It was always allowed. So you could always import DS games, GBA games, Game Boy games. So what changed it, for them? Uh, I think the DSi had an online shop, so they didn't want people to be able to... There was some confusion with the buying online stuff or eShop games or something, but... Hmm, interesting. Maybe maybe people have to make different accounts or because on PlayStation you have to make different accounts for different regions and, stuff and buy like point cards for different regions, but that's the consumer. And, and I mean this this day and age, I mean that's kind of surprising. I I use American currency to buy things from Canada, from the UK, from Germany. And yes, I'm talking mainly about Amiibos, but uh, <laughs> uh but are you still buying them? Oh, I mean yeah, on occasion I got a few pre-ordered, but um but on Amazon, you know, Amazon Germany or whatever that I bought one or two Amiibos back in the craze days, but uh, you know, it just charges me appropriately based on the exchange rate at the time, so I don't see why we would need to have multiple accounts for that anymore. Maybe to avoid confusion or I don't know, but like... Uh, but they, could ju- they could just translate it. They could say, here's here's the price and then today's exchange rate or something like that. You'll be charged this. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, I think Etsy does that or something. Yeah, a lot of them do. Uh, they didn't even explicitly show Amiibos, but you know it's going to support it. And so, so Stephen, do you want Amiibos to be supported going forward, or do do you wish it would stop now? Um. <laughs> and from a from a game perspective too, like, do you want to have to get Amiibos alongside games, or not, or even be incentivized to do it? Well, so I don't know. I guess here's my point now. Like, I mean, I, I've always been someone who's been a champion of Amiibo, even though I understand it's um, it's foibles and everything. But uh, for new games. Do I want to be able to use my Amiibo? Sure, because I've got them, right? But at this point, um, what are they going to exclude from other people 
It, it, it would feel more like an exclusion tactic. I mean, it always kind of feels like that, but I think they've done a pretty good job so far yeah. of making the core games have enough content and solid enough that nobody really minds. Well, and that's why I haven't really had a problem with them this generation, but I think going forward to use... I don't want. I definitely don't want a new version of Amiibo, that's for sure. But uh, I guess I don't know what they would do um, that would make everyone happy or, or would be helpful to their platform. Especially because if they're trying to get people to buy in on the Switch who have not played the Wii U, uh, or even necessarily the 3DS to some degree, well then you're just going to put that barrier in front of them. Because what do you they're not going to have any Amiibo. What do you think has been the best... Um usage so far for Amiibo. But like, like, no, no, not, not the best, but the most, the largest kind of bonus you get from using an Amiibo in a game. Um, you think like Splatoon with the extra minigames or something? Yeah, yeah, I think that was great. Uh, I, again, but again, I can see where people wanted that just to be in there from the beginning, but I thought that was a fun way to give me an extra bit of challenge that, you know, I've, all you really, I mean, you can look at it two ways. You can look at a figurine that unlocks DLC, or you can look at it as you're buying DLC that comes with a cool figure. You know, I mean, yeah. so it just depends on how you want to look at it. But uh, Splatoon was great, and actually, I liked how Yoshi's Woolly World allowed me to get all the cool different colored Yoshi's. Those are really nice looking, yeah. and and, and yeah. nobody nobody who didn't get them would mind, but nobody who didn't yeah. get them would feel ripped off, right? That's They're one like, of my favorite uses of Amiibo ever. Mm-hmm. They did that in a couple of games, right? Like Mario Kart has that too for the suits. For the they have some pretty cool suits for the movie. I wish they had done them for everyone in Mario Kart, but. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Like Yoshi but, had everything covered pretty much. How about uh, how, how, what? What do you think about Animal Crossing and the new Switch? There's possibilities for that. They um, wanted to make two games. Well, I'm a little concerned about that though, and I actually noted it in, in the outline because what I've been wanting right now, because of my so as I've progressed through life, you know, I, I lived at home with my family, I've lived abroad with uh, roommates. Um, who may or may not have been into this this series, and now I'm here. I, I own my own house. Uh, my girlfriend lives here with me, and I would like to have, even though her and I have played a lot of Animal Crossing with our 3DSs, I would like to have something that I can have here as like the home base. And then, you know, because her work hours are way different than mine, so she has more time during the day at home than I do. And then I I have my morning that she doesn't really get because she works so early. Um, to be able to like leave each other messages and just interact with each other in that way is really cool, and then if there was a way that we could then interact like we would together uh, when we get time, I mean, that'd be also very cool. But I, I would like to see a unified city to happen, um, a la, you know, City Folk or the original. But um, I'm not sure how that would work out if we didn't have multiple consoles. And, um, and, and I don't think that they necessarily will want to go to that old-school way with the one city considering uh well this is just a question mainly of like whether they see what whenever they make each product they have to say do we want it to go towards the home console way of doing the way we did it or the portable way we yeah. did it right yeah right. so it's just a matter of their and and you know they actually said in some publicity thing that this is a replacement for the home console and even yeah. before the announcement they said come see nintendo's next new home console yeah but it looks to me like more like a portable device that also plays at home. I think the only reason they're saying that is so they don't kill the 3DS sales or something. Well, yeah, I mean, from what I've been hearing the past couple of days is that it is supposed to be the 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 home console pillar, and then, but that makes you wonder what the hell are they going to do for a new 3DS successor? And just the, just a shrunken down switch. It's got to be. Right? Gonna, but who the hell want to buy both? 
the way oh, the, the Switch I, is working I, I, right now. I would want to do that because uh, you could do multiplayer, you could do VR, you could do other stuff you could put in your pocket and stuff like that. I would do that. And if you could use you could use all the same games, and if the saves carried over in some kind of cloud thing, why not? So like a Switch Mini? Yeah, it's like having multiple 3DSs, right? I, I yeah, but then what happens when the when someone buys that and then they want to plug it into the TV and they realize they can't? You know, like why would you? I don't know, or 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 can they? And at that point, then you're, yeah, all it is why is, not? If they can, then really you're just talking about two different versions of the Switch. Yeah. Um, and not so much. Portable. But and 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 not so modular. Hmm. With the same hardware, like eventually, once they can shrink it down and you know decrease the power draw and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they do this because right, right now they're culminating so many ideas. It it makes you wonder what the hell do they have left to to deviate themselves into two different markets. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think they'd want to do that anymore. I, I don't think there's anything good good in it for them. And also, can you guys imagine them like they're showing this cart that you can take on the go and take it home? Can you imagine them trying to sell you a, a different version of the same game, like a port of the same game to another? future handheld console. You'll get pitchforks and, and torches. I just don't think it would happen. It doesn't seem like even possible. Yeah. I, I think that the history of Nintendo will be very interesting in another decade to see how this all played out. That's what Joe's class is about. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The future of the past. Start with the love tester. <laughs> what, Start what with if the Nintendo, love hotels. Yeah. <laughs> what if at this point, after the Switch... It literally is a switch, and we start going backwards in time, and Nintendo just starts releasing iterations that eventually lead back to just love hotels and love testers and, and the grabber hand or whatever thing. I would still go. There's no DLC. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's Nintendo. My then, question is, do, do, did the love hotels have love testers and grabber switch? <laughs> like standard in every room. Maybe. Oh, and then they'll end up with uh, being just a card maker. They should they should do like a like a Hanafuda app. But I, so do you guys think there's anything like what do you think are the biggest secrets remaining with the console? Or what are your biggest concerns? I'll let Joe take that one first. <laughs> uh, nothing that we haven't already mentioned. I don't think. I mean the the only I have there's there's nothing about using this system that I am personally apprehensive about. Even the, think, even the tiny controllers for the yeah even play? that I don't care I mean I, my <laughs> like look I've I've uh I've had problems with playing um any of the handhelds uh for extended periods of time there's just something swear to God there's like there's something in my elbows that if I keep them at that angle for too long it starts to like cut off circulation to my ring and pinky fingers it's a medical wonder. But I put up with it for those games. You know, it's just like, I just, I love, if I love playing the game, it, it doesn't matter. It's not ideal. Of course, I would rather have something that is comfortable and a great game, but I'm always willing to put up with that for the gaming experience. And like Actually, I said, that, that shouldn't be a problem because you can just bring a pro controller with you. Well, yeah, I mean, I think. And like I said, it, it seems yeah. like the scenarios in which I would be forced to use exclusively that little thing are probably <laughs> going to be rare enough that someone's got a gun to your head and, and, and just demanding <laughs> right. that you 
good venue. Uh, what right. are these Settle and smash. Geez, Chicago is really rough, isn't it? I keep hearing the reports, and that's what happens. People say that, but like, it's pretty normal to me. <laughs> As, but I'm not. I'm not worried. The only thing I'm worried about is whether or not it will catch on. And I don't. I don't see anything alienating enough in what we know so far that would really prevent that. So the only things preventing it, I think, are the sort of stigmas that are already yeah, in, which is, in the minds of both the gamers and the developers. So which is a huge problem. It is a huge problem. I, I don't know. I don't know what undoes that. But I, I find it hard it's just, to it's believe just, it's, it's just public. It's just the it's the wave. It's the tidal wave of public opinion. If it starts yeah. to turn, then it turns. If it doesn't, then yeah. you're screwed. What I think will give them the best chance at succeeding here will be, and it's so simple to say, but the games. Because even when the Wii was made fun of and mocked, you could talk about how fun the games were. And that would get trolls to just shut up and go away, and people would buy things and they would experience the system. So Nintendo needs to have games. They need to have no droughts, um, or incredibly minimalized ones. And if this is really kind of combining like 3DS and, and home console... They really shouldn't have a drought because those teams are all working towards the same cohesive uh, goal. And right now, with the games that... I mean, if we take a second, because we haven't really talked about this too much, if we take a second to look at the games that they've hinted at. They won't talk about it until January, probably, but we we see a few in this core lineup of things that are on the way. And you've got Splatoon, which is one of the biggest franchises for Nintendo ever and uh, definitely one of the most currently uh, the hot franchises. Um, you've got a new Mario game, and based on some analysis videos I've I've seen from other uh, you know non-negative world uh, groups, uh, it looks like it may actually be a bit more like Mario sixty four style or Mario Sunshine style gameplay. You should watch the Game Explained video for that. It's, it's I pretty did. awesome. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, and and to that point, I think a lot of people are excited for something like that again because there's this freedom uh, with that. And with Ukulele having such hype, I think to have a Super Mario 64 style game on a new Nintendo console and launch, uh, I think that'll be a huge deal. Um, we've also got uh, uh, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, which is kind of a staple. Um, so far, I don't see anything in that footage that really makes it something amazing that we need to play. But at the same time, if they just Mario make Kart it, 8 was great, though, yeah, it, right, exactly. It was it was fantastic. It's got. Uh, the footage they showed has King Boo, which is exciting. It's got the different. <laughs> it's got a little bit of a double dash aspect with the different items. As long as um, they fix that atrocious ass battle mode, yeah. Well, right, yeah, but I mean, so so the, in other words, they're showing us Super Mario Switch, which could be very well like an old school style of Mario we haven't seen, but we've we've been wanting. You've got Mario Kart, which is kind of a guaranteed. Hey, we're working on it, kind of thing. Uh, whether or not it's an upgrade of Mario Kart Eight or not, I think that'll be a, a, a great seller. Um, Splatoon. You've got all these third parties that they're. they're Zelda. You you haven't up. even mentioned Zelda. And then right, yeah, Zelda. Which, much to our chagrin, uh, they're gonna wait until the Switch is ready to actually launch the thing. Uh, but I think most of us will probably want to play it on that at this point. Um, I don't know. Like uh, it seems to, it won't have any of the touchscreen fun- functionality. I don't care. But some people like that. I guess. Yeah. I don't think it'll have the touchscreen functionality. But you know, like you really are optimistic because. <laughs> Because I don't disagree with what you said, but the only thing I disagree with maybe is that all they need is games. Because I feel like the Wii U had really, really high quality games, and no one really gave a shit. I feel like they just have to overturn public opinion. For me, yeah. not well, not for me, but for other people. 
Right. Public opinion has has a, a major. I mean, it is the probably the greatest factor in this whole fight. But I think uh, public opinion starts at starts now, it's, and it starts at the launch. And I don't think the Wii U had a strong launch at all in terms of its games. Um, overall, I, I don't think it was that weak. Like, I'm not saying it was weak, but I'm, it satisfied us. But I don't think it satisfied anyone else who wasn't already looking at it. You know, yeah. and I think if they if they come out strong out the gate. They're going to have that hype so that way whenever some asshole is like, oh, yeah, the Switch is horrible. It's so uh, so lame. And you can say, well, look, in the first six months we've had this, 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 this. You're, you're crazy. That will propagate itself through. But if they say, yeah, it had a weak launch. You know, I'm already enjoying these games. Even if a great game comes out, people are going to have this mentality of like, yeah, do I want to buy the console for that one game? You know, there's they got to have a strong flow of games. and uh, And I think in this case, too, again... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think? Just combining the 3DS market and the Wii market or the home console market. If they really successfully do that, they're going to have a strong, a strong base no matter what. And I think even that might even prevent, uh, you know, the trolls and, and people. Trash talking. Yeah, nothing, trash talking. No, no, to, nothing will prevent trash talking. But you know, but like, I don't think uh, it'll have a great effect if if they yeah. really can secure I mean, both markets. Hopefully, it does. You know, like another good thing that. This combining uh, library thing is so huge for me. Like all Nintendo's output on one platform. Another thing is they never have to make filler titles again. They never have to pay shitty kind of like they never have to have to, they never have to pay Artune again. <laughs> if, if if they don't want to, I mean they don't have to fill any gaps in the schedule with like weird spin-offs and things like that. They can just develop exactly the games they want to play, and they can actually access some franchises that have been dormant for a while. You know, like and the the multiplayer thing is really exciting to me. Like, imagine like a local nat, uh, local LAN F Zero. You know, that's 720p and 60 frames. Man, a people second. have been asking for that for years. <laughs> yeah, and it was never going to happen, but now it actually could happen because they don't have to just keep making Mario Kart games. Right. They can just have one team work on tracks or something. You know, like it's just so much possibility in just Nintendo's output. You know, and hopefully they'll keep with the Splatoon stuff and keep releasing new, new things as well. Yeah. Nintendo should also just buy up all of the. Uh, third-party franchises that Konami. people... Yes, I was going to say, like, just yeah. buy Castlevania and make Mega Man games. Bomber buy Mega Man. Man. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And then that way you could <laughs> you would have a first-party box that actually was like a robust first and third-party <laughs> well, array of games. And then, <laughs> and then, and then I'd be totally happy. And then there'd be nothing left. <laughs> I would be happy to. If they don't have to make filler games, they can spend that money on getting licenses or getting third parties to make those specific games for their platform or whatever. You know, like Platinum's already on the list as a developer. Um, and uh, I don't know why Nintendo didn't buy Hudson Softs instead of stupid Konami. <laughs> but Nintendo could just buy all those franchises from Konami or license them. They already licensed one. Which is that? Uh, which one? Momotaro Densetsu or something like that. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> no, but it's it's pretty big in Japan. It's like a Hudson Soft board game. But if they can do that, they can do Bomberman. They can do Castlevania. Why not? Right? Yeah, really. I don't know what it would cost to uh, to get those IPs away, but um, one dollar. Yeah, I don't know. But like, I certainly think, like in the case of like Mega Man, it's like I don't know. Like, what are yeah, they Capcom's doing? not going to do anything with them. I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, they have they run out of uh, you know objects to put in front of the word man. Just, 
I guess, you know, like, it seemed they were really happy with the profit margin they were getting on it for a while, because they were just cranking them out through the GBA and DS and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think those games were, like, super, super solid and super high quality, but... By those just, games, do you mean... Because, I, like, I never played the Battle Network or the... Oh, I love Battle Network. I kind of lost interest in Zero. Oh, yeah. No, I actually like Zero and all that. I, I think those are yeah. really good action games. I mean, like, what what better action games are coming... What better action games come out these days, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a super solid... Actually, did you did you dislike the Zero games or something? No, actually, I, I loved everything about them, except they were too hard. I, I they were pretty them... hard, yeah. Yeah, and I just... I got eventually got frustrated around the second one. And but they I have that easy mode thought. thing, right? You can use those cyber elves for, like... Did you just oh, not want to okay. use them because you thought it was an insult or something? At, at this point, it's I don't remember. Oh, okay. The, yeah, the they were difficult, but uh, but I thought they were really quality, high quality games. And like Castlevania, games. <laughs> <laughs> Konami made so many, and like uh, and why did they just stop all of a sudden? Everybody stopped at the same know. time. Is yeah. that because the returns were just getting smaller and smaller, or because yes, their, their overhead was getting bigger, Pachinko was getting more attractive? It's a whole other topic. Yeah. We'll 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 have you back on, and we'll we'll talk about that sometime. Right. So we'll, we'll talk about Castlevania. Yeah. So, in terms of games, though, that are going to be on this thing, the the big question for me right now is Retro Studios. Mm. Because we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And they, I think at this point, I mean, it's probably been known for a while. I don't, I just don't remember seeing any press releases about it. But they're definitely working on a Switch game. You know, they're, they're not working on the Wii U. They're not working on the 3DS. They're working on... Uh, Donkey Kong Switch. All minecarts, all Switches. <laughs> I, I really think at this point that the Metroid drought has been intentional so they can come back loud and proud with, with like a Prime or some, some amazing looking Metroid game for Metro Studios on the Switch. That's my, my guess right now. It's possible. And I think that, and that would blow people's minds. I think that would definitely be a, a system seller right there. Uh, so that, that's where I'm putting my, uh, my two cents. I like it. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not good at speculating this kind of stuff. That that seems entirely possible. It seems like that would probably be a smart business move. And I know that the Prime, the Metroid Prime audience has been uh, eagerly awaiting another installment. And so I think that the the market is there. Uh but what? But all these factors considered, when it comes to actually saying whether or not I think it's going to happen, um, I don't know. It's hard to say because I can't. I can't. Uh, I don't feel like I have enough sort of evidence, you know, that leads me in in one direction. Because where, where does Metroid even rank in the sales? Like, well, like fifth most popular, or sixth most popular, or seventh most popular franchise? Right. Right. Which. Uh, well, are you trying to say that that means it's not like a priority to them? Not as much as like other stuff. Maybe. Yeah, but not everything. I mean, I I would find it hard to believe that they would, you know, that their entire business model is based on Mario level numbers, right? I mean, that it's it's would they they would still be a success, uh, just just a more humble success. You know? <laughs> Opportunity cost. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's like. Their twelfth most popular franchise, or like their fifteenth yeah. by now. Yeah. Well, you, well, by now sort of changes it. But what, where, where do you think it was 
let's say in the like what are the peaks like Prime One Peak and is... Super Metroid? No, I think yeah, Super Metroid probably. Yeah. So, what do you think it was at that time? Like top four, five? Uh, yeah, probably top five or something. Mm. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think there's any reason why it couldn't be again, right? Like, part of the reason why probably Mario Party is currently in the top six or something is because they, for, uh, you know, it must make money for them and they, they focus on it and they, you know, they promote it a lot. They, it's like you can't get away from Mario Party sometimes but uh <laughs> so yeah so here's the question i was going to ask you guys is that yeah so prime the way it was i don't think it was ever mega mega popular right it's metroid but it's a specific kind of metroid right as far as i know it was very popular really yeah i don't know well it depends on if we're again if that difference between a game that is successful and the game that is like yeah N- nintendo you know first like, party standards yeah, exactly like nintendo has some pretty huge franchises Right. But here's my question is that maybe they, ch- like, how is the Switch going to change their sort of development, uh, you know, uh, y- you know, the, the way they develop priorities. games? Like, yeah, like, like, not just priorities, but like for Metroid, like, will they be satisfied just making a single player game or will everything be kind of open world, take it with you, grind stuff kind of like Zelda is, you know, it's not like a super linear game anymore. Maybe that's, specifically geared towards a platform like the Switch. Well, that's could, what... Yeah. You'll always have stuff to do when you take it out. But that's uh, that would fall into, then, a, a means of shoehorning in the gimmick that I had not thought of, in, in that I hope, then, that this system is not like, well, everything has to take advantage of the fact that you can bring it with you everywhere. Like, just make good games. <laughs> it's true, if, but that's what the whole industry besides Nintendo is heading towards, right? Instead of single-player games, like linear single-player games, almost nobody makes those anymore because nobody buys them. So Uh everything is like Destiny or something where it's like a persistent world, online connection, and it's like you just grind stuff all the time. Well, I think you could still do a persistent world, online connection, and it doesn't have to be grindy. I mean, you could still have it be like, you know, a bunch of bounty hunters uh, exploring a world or something like that, but then there's still like a a goal at which you can say, okay, I'm done. And you don't need to base, you don't need to base the rewards off of these sort of rare drops and, and, and grinds and stuff. I know that that is the sort of prevailing wisdom at the moment because, you know, whatever focus groups they've done have determined that that's what keeps people addicted to games and such, but. And keeps them actually keeping the game instead of selling it back, right? Sure, sure. But you don't need to do that. Like, I feel like these are, these are all things, I don't know, it's tough, because then, then you start getting into, like, dissecting human behavior and things like that, but it's like... That's, I, I, that's what they're I, doing, like, all the yeah, time. Like the right. But I just, I wish that, you know, one one negative trend in the gaming industry in general is, is, is just so much of this, you know... Uh, all the later almost, kind of thing? Well, yeah, just like the most conservative kind of, well, this is this is what's working. So this is what it will be, you know, like there's like, there's no, everyone is so afraid to just say like, well, we can do this sometimes and then we can do this other thing sometimes. And that's okay. Like everything's like, just, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, Nintendo is a little isolated from that anyway, because they always have their own kind of bubble thing. But maybe, yeah. in order to get real mainstream, su- mainstream success, they have to kind of, you know, over... I don't know, because, I mean, people... Like, not everyone likes that, though. I mean, do do even the majority of people like that? So many people, I think, they get sort of stuck in... In oh yeah, it's just addictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like a cell phone game. Does anyone like those stupid? Yeah, and the, they don't. Stuff? But they don't but they enjoy money. it. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. true. It's horrible, but they. Right. Stuff. So I don't know. Maybe maybe at the very least, maybe someone like Nintendo could uh, do a tweak on that formula that's still addictive but isn't so punishing and monotonous. And why am I playing this kind of <laughs> thing? You know. I don't think Nintendo's going to change as much as we think they feel they have to or something. I think uh, they're always going to be delivering the single-player experiences because, if, if anything, they're going to be the only place you can get that stuff. And people are always going to want that stuff. I mean, what what you have is you have all three major players forming their own bubbles around them, right? Uh, but I think there's appeal to, to all the different sides and... I don't think Nintendo's going to change themselves in that fashion to try to meet their competitors. They're, I mean, they are, they're, they're big on multiplayer. They're big on sharing your experiences, but I think they, they know more than many others, better than, uh, than many others, the, the value of a single player experience. And also a local multiplayer experience. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and so I'm glad to see again, split screen, that it's not just required that you have to have your own you know, Nintendo Switch to play multiplayer games, things like that, uh, that you're not just doing it all online. It looks like they're actually going back a bit and putting a bigger focus uh, for quote-unquote home console gaming to be uh, to be cooperative and, and um, with people in the same room. Yeah, it, it will be an interesting design challenge to see how they handle all the multiplayer capabilities of this thing, actually. Like, is Mario Kart just going to have, like, 20 modes or something? Like, if, if you're local multiplayer with with multiple switches, local multiplayer with one switch, online multiplayer, online multiplayer with multiple switches. It's like it's pretty like it's like almost like the controllers they used to have to support like twenty controllers or something, you know? Like it's it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. And if they don't handle it well, they're gonna have to switch directions. <laughs> but we'll see. So is there anything else you guys want to mention or shall we wrap this up? Wrap it. Pretty much covered. Let's wrap it and open it in March of 2017. Oh my Which, God, it's gonna be it's gonna be such a such a difficult. Do you guys think it'll actually hit it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that they would not have put that date if they weren't confident they were gonna. Not make on it. not on this one. Yeah. I, when I that was actually my favorite thing of, of the whole trailer was seeing that them double down on that date. It's coming March. I think uh, I think they're just riding out the rest of the year, trying to make the best of the sales that they got, and then I think come March we might see a whole, you know, shift in in what Nintendo is to people as they, I, I think they're going to phase out 3DS and, uh, and the Wii U together to some degree. Yeah. They can challenge, so. they can challenge me and show me something else, but sunset. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll sunset both systems. They'll yeah. Both systems. Well, and it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy because the 3DS will have had a much longer life than the Wii U. Right. Yeah. And it, that, to me, that's usually they kind of just, they change, you know, the, the home console changes, handheld changes. Home console changes, handheld changes. Here, the 3DS just has enjoyed such a long life, and uh, and then this home console is coming again. That I think I think it really will. I don't. I, I would be curious to see what Nintendo would come up with for another handheld because I really think this is supposed to be the the merging of the two. 
Yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty pretty happy that we don't have to support all these different things and they don't have to support all these different things. Like, because regardless of handheld or home console, I just want to play good games like and fun Nintendo games. So I'm glad I can do it all in one place. My only reservation at at that uh, point you're making is, will they be able to do this without taking concessions? Because I don't want to lose aspects of either that I enjoy because they want to merge them together. Well, at the very least, it'll have the power of a Wii U. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't even mean that. I just mean as far as functionality and, like, like I mentioned before, I actually hope that this has some sort of street pass type feature then. If I'm going to be bringing this with me places, I would want it to still be able to interact with other systems. Yeah, I mean, and... I think Miiverse and street pass are pretty successful. Yeah. And, uh, and then hopefully there's new ideas as well. I'm, I, I don't, I don't want these to merge and then just be what we've had the last five, six years, but together. I would like them to merge and then have some new things come out of it. Oh, and also, you know, like, uh, one last thing I'll just mention: the gimmick controllers, like the possibility for gimmick controllers, is uh, pretty cool, right? Because you could basically just snap anything on there. As long oh as it's yeah, priced, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't want to get into a whole like that's the okay. new amiibo. Now we're collecting the new amiibo. No, no, <laughs> but, but, but suppose there's like a fishing game, and it comes with a fishing controller. Yeah. And you just stick it to your system. That's pretty yeah. cool. No, there could be some cool uses or, for that. Yeah, or what? Suppose there isn't, and we just <laughs> use this controller. Or suppose there's a paddle controller and you can play awesome Arkanoid and shit like that. I have seen some some neat little mock-ups online, and and I I do think it is a little bit enticing, a little bit interesting what what they could come up with and how it might work. Just on a sort of a simple level, like let's not go let's not go nuts. Yeah, like a toy, right? Like WarioWare, it could come with its own whatever. Or or even like I wouldn't even mind if they just did um. You know, totally optional, uh, just, you know, like special edition type stuff. You sure. know, like a, D, like a real D pad. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. I love the PlayStation D pad, man. The four buttons, the original PlayStation. Well, the, was good. the classic controller has an actual D pad, so you have that option. It's not that yeah, the, that's true. That's true. The Joy Con is everything, but Joy Con. I just like the, I just like the modular Frankenstein sort of idea of just, Clicking things in and out of there. You can have a trackball or whatever. They do too. I mean, considering their marketing scheme so far. You can have a vitality sensor. Click into the right side. (laughs) Oh boy. Imagine like a Joy-Con that actually detects your pulse through your fingertips or something. And that's 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 what I was just like. uh, The uh, do you remember that uh, that there's a Nintendo 64 game that came with a pulse sensor? No. It was. uh, I think I mention this every time I'm on the podcast. (laughs) Maybe I don't. But Stinger. No, Stinger's awesome. That's gonna um, so like uh, it, it came with a pulse sensor and it was Tetris and it was like bio Tetris and when you're, you could set it to like heart attack mode so when your pulse went up the blocks would fall faster mm. or like relaxation mode. oh I, I do remember mode. that yeah. yeah so there you go hmm. future. heart attack mode seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen it just seems like Mr. Driller <laughs> Hey, I just rented The Conjuring too. Have you heard of that movie? Yes. We're going to wrap things up now. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, thanks for the first half of the podcast. Now we're going to go into the off-topic second half, three hours. Audit reviews scary movies. <laughs> I don't even like scary movies, but two people got a heart attack, right? That's pretty cool. Oh. From wow. watching it? In that. the theater, yeah. Wow. Mm. So maybe this Great. is my last part. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, you can endure it because we want you back. Uh, but um, 
but yeah, I, I guess we'll wrap it up. There's there's been a lot of discussion. There's probably not going to be too much more about the Switch until uh, until 2017. But um, hope hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to us talk about it and speculate. And uh, anyway, thanks for everyone for listening. And uh, it's been awesome seeing uh, Anand back uh, on yeah, the show. Yeah, good to be back. Saturday and, morning. Uh, yeah. Tell you, tell your friend or family member uh, that I'm sorry their plane got delayed, but I'm glad it did because it got us <laughs> more time with you, and uh, by like an hour. So, yeah. um, so that was fantastic, Joe. Thanks for joining me as well uh, as co-host here, and uh, for doing all that you do. Hey, uh, I got those outlines to don't do. write themselves. Yeah. Those what? Those outlines don't write themselves. Oh no, no they don't. <laughs> Although I'm a little nervous. They don't, they don't crumple themselves. This one is a bit um. This one's a bit uh, incomplete, but I'm probably just going to leave it like that since we didn't have to get into it. But, uh, but all right, yeah, we'll um, we'll see you around next time. Yep, have a good one. Always a pleasure, and enjoy the wave, people, for the Nintendo Switch. Quick. I'm pretty psyched for the Switch, actually. I am, too. I, I don't know if maybe my trying to be... pessimistic, probably, yeah. Yeah, I hope that... Uh, we'll, we'll do another show at some point, but... Yeah. No, I was... My only pessimism, like I said, is from people who aren't us, you know? It's like, that's that's what I'm worried about, and I just have no idea. Like, I feel like for for some people, people who love video games... If you were like, every single game you want is on the Nintendo Switch. And here it is. They'd be like, nah. <laughs> I know, no, it's, it's true. Sorry. It's, like, it's, it's just, it's not my pessimism about the system, it's just my pessimism about humankind. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. like human nature.